Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to a new dawn, a new decade, a new dead and lovely horror movie podcast. Here with the host with the most coming at you for the first time in the year 20 and 20. What's your good friends, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we're here to ring in... The Nueve Año, as That's my fellow us. Colombianos say. Uh-huh. You and your fellow Colombianos. That's right. That's right. Here with an episode where we're going to be chatting about the year 2019, the good and the bad of it, what we've been up to here over the holidays, because as we record this, it's currently Festivus. Yeah. Christmas is, or Christmas Eve's tomorrow. Yeah. Festivus today. That's right. Christmas. For the rest of us. Couple days. Yeah. For the rest of us. I mean, you know, because some of us. We're just like, you know, fuck Christmas. I want to air grievances and have a pole. Yeah, exactly. Feats of strength and so on. Yeah. I think it sounds great. (laughs) Emotional battery or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good, man. But yeah, we're here to talk about all that stuff. Plus, give you guys a good old deep dive review into the perfect flick to watch this time of year. Yeah. It's holidays. Holidays. So many holidays around this time, this one gets to them. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Skip some of the unimportant ones. Yeah, who needs Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, really. Right. You right. know, passes over some of the unimportant ones. Columbus cool Day, get the flight. fuck out of here. Get the fuck. That's a horror movie in itself. Actually, if you did Columbus Day, that's what I would do. If I if I had drawn Columbus Day, it would be the slaughter of Native Americans. Yeah. Just shown as it would have been. Yeah, and it's like, well, isn't that that's that horrifying? That's pretty horrific. <laughs> Does this not bother you and yeah. disturb you? It should. It should. <laughs> How you been doing this week, Steve? Good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, not really too busy. Just kind of getting stuff done. TCB, baby. TCB. Awesome, man. Are you all like ready for the holidays yeah. and stuff? You yeah. guys got all your gifts wrapped and your Crimbus bush. Don't have them wrapped. Emily, Emily has hers ordered. Ooh, She's getting nice. a, a new phone case, and I'm going to get some new headphones. Okay. Excellent. Uh, we, we're really like, we're poor, so people understand you're not going to be getting a gift from us, most likely. Unless we make it ourselves. Hell yeah. So it's not too stressful around the time. And I, we don't expect gifts from people. We're going to be going down to see my family on uh, Christmas Eve. Okay. That's what my family does all of their stuff on Christmas Eve. So we're going to be seeing them on Christmas Eve. We might get like one gift each or something. Yeah. But keep it simple. Yeah. It's, it's no big deal. You were telling me for a select few people, you're making some kind of like an infused yeah. liqueur scenario. I am. I'm Break making a coffee down, liqueur. So I'm interested. Uh, I, I've just been interested in trying it because I've been working on figuring out what's the perfect coffee bean for cold brew. And I feel like I found two that work really well. And now what's the next move? Make a coffee liqueur because basically you're making just cold brew, but with liquor. I like that very yeah. much. I'm on board so with this. I, I wanted to, if I had some more time before Christmas, I wanted to like test out different trials. rums and do some trials. But what I think I'm going to, I've already got the coffee bean that I think will be perfect for it. And, and I think I know which rum will work well. If and it was we'll me, go for it. I would try an infusion. Uh huh. Like for your beans, I might go with something really nutty like a garbanzo. Yeah. Garbanzo beans. And for the rum, I think I would take a little tropical vacation and use Malibu coconut rum. There we go. Malibu <laughs> coconut and garbanzo beans. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds terrible. You don't think that sounds great? 
I mean, maybe, okay. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> maybe if I was starving and dying on maybe. an island somewhere maybe and I found a reserve I was of dying, that. Yeah. Maybe, but otherwise, no. <laughs> well, that's going to be good. You know, I've also been in my, my usual Christmas yeah, makings. Yeah, got a bunch of uh, uh, oh, pecans, pecans over, here. over here that have been candied. You got that's a whole right. bunch of other stuff you've made. You're dang right. I spent all day yesterday in the kitchen making my, my usual barrage of uh -huh. Christmas treats for friends and family take that friends and family yeah eat that shove that in your pie hole i say oh okay thanks thanks it's delicious <laughs> this is wonderful <laughs> oh well you're quite welcome yeah well, there you go merry christmas glad you enjoy it son of a bitch <laughs> so i just get tired of the fucking the usual like oh god i gotta find a fucking 25 dollar this and that for this yeah. cousin and this aunt and this uncle and uh fuck it make him something good to eat yeah I People buy, like, like good to eat. mason jars, mm -hmm. I make treats, I put them in there. Yeah. People love it, they request it every year, and I like doing it. And so every time that I'm in the kitchen, which I think the last time that we recorded our Christmas, well, I know it was our Christmas episode that we recorded on Festivus last right. year, yeah. Home Alone. Home Alone. I had spent all day in the kitchen working on exactly like what I've been doing for the past two days uh -huh. here too. And the cool thing is, is while I'm doing all this stuff and getting all my, my, my prep work going on, it's a perfect time for me to watch some movies. Hell yeah. So I've been watching a you couple of flicks. You gotta get a straight shot, actually, from your kitchen uh -huh. to your TV. That's pretty awesome. That's right. It works yeah. out pretty well. So as I've been getting my crafty goodness going on in the kitchen, I've been watching myself a barrage of films that I just gotta watch every holiday season. Because as anybody that listens to the show the past few years know, I pretty much watch the same movies about every Christmas. Yeah. Well, it's tradition. Yeah, exactly. You don't fuck with tradition. And in my opinion, it is just not Christmas until mm -hmm. I've seen Severus Snape start a affair against his wife. Right. Until I have a... With that, that lady who was like, oh, I think I know her from other movies. But then you look at her IMDb and you're like, I don't. She just has features of so many other actresses. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's the one. <laughs> and of course, I've got to have uh, I've got to have Bilbo Baggins being a stand-in for sex right. scenes. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's I, weird that they cut that on the like. If you ever see it on USA, yeah, that entire bit is cut. Whole story's gone. But then he's there at the airport. Yeah, exactly. He has to be. So it's like, well, who is this now? What's going on here? And you know, of course, I have to have a lecherous. Davy Jones yeah. singing me some pop songs mm -hmm. and uh, bragging about fucking Britney Spears and stuff. It's just not <laughs> Christmas without it. It's not. Which is why earlier today I was watching Club Actually. Yeah. Now let me just put something out about that movie. Tell me. It's a 10, obviously. Oh, yeah. 10 of 10. Very realistic. No complaints. Extremely lifelike. True That's to how life it movie. all happens. I think it's a documentary. I'm I pretty sure be. it's a documentary. Yeah. Well, every British person is in it, so. Yeah, it's the entire fucking yeah. continent of Britain. All, all British people are actors, and they're all in that movie. Oh, you've got an idea for a film. What, what's it about? Is it is it about Guinness? It's it's not about Guinness. It's about Christmas, in it? Oh, Christmas. And, and love, You know, really. Christmas, you tell the truth. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think I've ever heard that, mate. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Christmas, you told us. <laughs> well, we'll put it in the movie about a yeah. million times. There we go. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's got all the actors in it, including one non-Brit. We've got a yeah. Billy Bob in there, a Billy Bob. We got two non-Brits. Laura Linney's also. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, I meant to say it's also not Christmas until you see Laura Linney's titties. Yep, of course. <laughs> everybody's favorite holiday tradition. But yeah, Billy Bob, he, he comes in being some combo of Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Yeah, and yeah. Donald Trump also. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> prophetic, prophetic. A prophetic view of sure. what was going to come yeah. to America and Britain now, apparently. Uh-huh. I so I was just thinking about it. Let's say that you're Billy Bob Thornton. You're getting into the to the world of Hollywood. You're like, yeah. I'm starting to make a name for myself. I'm getting some good roles. People are going to oh, know yeah. my name. I'm wear a necklace with Angelina Jolie's blood in it. Oh, my God, dude. She'll Such wear a, a necklace with my blood in it. <laughs> and then I'm going to get some biscuits and mustard. Yeah, I guess so. I'm Sling Blade. But, I mean, if you're making a name for yourself as a big-time Hollywood actor, uh-huh. do you go, I think I should go by Billy Bob Thornton, or would it be better to go with the more dignified... William but, Robert? Yeah, exactly. It makes you sound like maybe a Confederate general. William Robert Thornton. He does. He died on this hill. D- W.R. Thornton. <laughs> I mean, that's better. I mean, that's like an author. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah that definitely. No, that, I think... He's I, writing Civil War I think uh, Billy Bob was a smart choice on his his part, so he kind of lets you know before you hire him, like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty much a maverick. Well, I'm a wild one. Amazing about him too, choosing to go with that moniker is right. that like when you just say Billy Bob Thornton, yeah, the image that appears in your head is exactly what he looks yep. like, even if you've mm. never seen him yep. before. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that must be Billy Bob. <laughs> he He's like, does. well, I look like shit, so Billy Bob it is. Yeah. Also watched Elf last night. Oh hell yeah! Stuff. I still love I it. I caught man. some bits of that the other day. It was the the candy in the spaghetti, all the sugar in the fucking spaghetti. Oh my spaghetti. god, so gross, dude. Oh. God. Ugh. You know, the thing about it is, like, I was thinking about it last night because I was watching the movie. Uh, Kate and I were both working on it stuff. We really enjoyed it. And I was like, this really is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I know. It's crazy. It's, like, not exceptional. No. It's just... It's fun. It's fun. Great soundtrack, yeah. too. Yeah. And the thing about it is, too, I think one of the reasons why I like it is that so many Christmas movies, they get, like, real at some point. Yeah. And, like, they, they get fucking sad yeah. at some point. I mean, even, like, Muppet Christmas Carol. like Right. True. When, when they push little Tiny Tim's chair against the oh. table, like, oh my God, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I don't want to see sad Kermit. No. So sad. Poor Kermit. Poor Kermit. Elf just stays up, really, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it does. You like, know? Yeah, it, it doesn't really go through any real bad lull. Yeah. Yeah. And even Which when is it does, a smart idea for a Christmas movie. I think so. Yeah. And even when it does with like the Central Park Rangers and stuff like right. that, like it's, it's kind of played off as very silly and funny. Yeah. So yeah, overall, just a, a appealing Christmas package to me. Love that one. The Family Stone is also one that we watch. Watch that every year. I still I don't maintain. Think I've seen this. Dude, it is an underrated Christmas gem. Yeah. It does get kind of real. Okay. But at the same time, like, it's so real that it's real. Uh, like, the, the, the family dynamic the family in that dynamic. movie is gotcha. so fucking good. And it's got everybody in it. It's even got a Claire Dane. It does. I, I looked when you, you said this before, and it's got everybody in it. Yeah. Rachel McAdams is in it. That's uh, right. Craig Sarah T. Jessica Nelson. Parker. Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. He was on uh, welfare and food stamps, and nobody ever helped <laughs> nobody him. Nobody ever helped him out. Yeah. <laughs> you got I wonder a Wilson if his, in his friends ever make fun of him for that. They've got to, sure right? Like, so. I hey, sure Craig, uh, hope so. Craig, I was going to get you a beer, but I remember nobody ever helps you out, so... <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you fuck you yeah. also watched home alone 2 which is just such a direct retread of the it original is. yeah same Still thing fun. same exact thing but in the city of new york yeah yeah but even better than home alone 2 is uh somebody recently on the dead and lovely facebook page 
posted up where somebody has started making these home alone with gore uh-huh. like with blood yeah things. i love that that oh was awesome oh my god yeah there did you watch like all of them mm-hmm. they're incredible yeah they are basically like this dude is taking you know 15 second scenes of violence from the home alone <laughs> movies and digitally adding in gore to them <laughs> so that like at the end of home alone 2 whenever the uh the sticky bandits mm-hmm. are getting like attacked by those pigeons Ugh. that the pigeon lady sticks on them like Marv sits up and like his eyes are all pecked out, just like hollow sockets. Yeah. The one where Kevin throws the bricks at him is the best. Yeah. Because he throws that brick at Marv's head, clearly kills him. Right. He's laying there in the it's ground. It's a fucking brick. Yeah. yeah. It, you would die. Yeah. And then like just for jollies, Kevin throws that other brick and it just explodes his head. <laughs> and like they start laughing about it and stuff. It's so good. It's so fucking yeah. great, man. Home Alone Two, not necessarily great. No. But, but it is a movie. It is a movie. And it's a fun Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You got any Christmas watches in this week, Steve? Yeah, we went uh, on Friday night. We watched some uh, some bad Christmas horror. Well, yeah? Not, it's not, that's not accurate. We watched one movie of bad Christmas horror, then another movie that was generally bad, but had a great Christmas horror segment. I like it. I like it. What, um, what were you talking about there? Elves was the first one we watched. I don't and that one. It's terrible. It's just bad. Wait, wait, wait. That's not the one about like uh, elves were like engineered by the Nazis and stuff. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah. I've heard about it and wanted to watch it forever. It's Uh, not good. It's not good. Oh, man. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. Maybe I do. There you go. Yeah. Well, the premise just sounded batshit insane. It is batshit insane. It's just terribly done just all not of it. good yeah well, so the germans are trying uh-huh. to create a race of elf nazis the germans is it like world war ii era no no it's uh it's modern era apparently okay. they failed in the 40s and there's they're they've been continually trying as the kgb nazis it made no sense like there were just these nazis there sometimes and they weren't really integral to the plot mm. But then they show up at the end like, hey, we, we want the elves. Okay, I got it. Because we're Nazis and stuff. Hmm. It doesn't sound fantastic. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after you guys watched that, did you guys get into something that was actually good? Mm, not really, but it had a good segment. It, it's called Tales of the Third Dimension. Okay, it I don't know was, this one. It's a horror anthology. It's supposed to be in 3D, so there's a lot of oh, cheesy shit okay. going up the yeah, screen. Yeah. There's like a skeleton who basically is the crypt keeper but like poorly made and you can see the wires moving everything sounds great and it's just his mouth just repetitively moves and his finger just points at the camera over and over (laughs) and then there are birds that were like these vultures that were the three stooges and laurel and hardy and they would make really bad jokes and then it would kick to a segment of the anthology and first first one wasn't too bad basically some vampires adopted a werewolf i love how that sounds that it was sounds weird great. it was funny though uh and then the middle uh, the middle of the movie just none of it stuck with me it was so boring but the last segment was a christmas segment and it was basically this grandma trying to kill her kids in like a wacky roadrunner type. It's like, <laughs> it's so cartoonish. And the kids were good actors and the, the grandma is a good actor. So it like... Isn't this just The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan? Kind of, but in the, from the 80s. Oh, shit. This yeah. is an 80s thing. But yeah, it was actually really good. Well, I, right I enjoyed it. It was fun. Funny. So 
it was a good way to end the night. <laughs> no doubt, man. And it seems like a good way to, to end the holiday season. It's been a very fast-paced, hectic Krimbus season yeah. for us. I mean, we had Thanksgiving so late in the month, and then there was so much to do and all yeah. that jazz. Like, I haven't really had time to, to catch a breath this uh this christmas season here but i'm enjoying taking this whole week off of work i've, I've wanted to take like a week of christmas off for vacation for like yeah. years uh but just never felt financially comfortable doing that so i never have but this is the first time that i feel like you know what i can actually take some time well, off i mean you're sitting on, on a pile of gold currently it's it's therapeutic for my lower back thank you is it yeah exactly <laughs> okay yeah, it, it, right. it forms to the spine hmm and Did you get this information it. from Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck? Scrooge McDuck yeah. is my chiropractor. Okay. okay. Scrooge yes. McDuck, you, Scrooge McDuck, and Smog were all hanging out. <laughs> yeah, we were all just chilling. Yeah. Talking about how much we love Smog. Them. Yeah, Smog. Get it right or pay the price, mm-hmm. mister. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that uh, hopefully we have ourselves a great holiday season. Like you said, we got the whole Christmas shenanigans starting up here in the next few days. I hope all of our listeners also had themselves an enjoyable holiday and are planning on having themselves a safe and happy new year. Well, by this point, they've already had they've it. They've already done had it. Yeah, guess, or they huh? didn't have it. R.I.P. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. Or you're just in a different time zone. Oh, shit. Yeah. Depressing fact. Someone <laughs> who normally listens to our podcast might be dead by the time this comes no! out. No. I don't drink and drive. You got any uh, any thoughts about looking back on 2019 and how that thing treated you? How about how about while you ponder, I crack yeah. us open a co-beer? Hell yeah. You want to open up a co-beer here? Open up a co-beer. How about we open up a... A Bell's official mm. Hazy India Pale Ale. This is not that bootleg. No, this is that official. This is some of that real. Yeah. I want to say me some unofficial, see what that's about. <laughs> now, I received this beer just the other day. It was just the other day. Yeah. John Mellencamp. Uh-huh. Uh, whenever we did our friend's beer exchange. Which oh, right. This yeah. is uh, several years we've done this now. My favorite part of the Christmas celebration gift giving side of things. Everybody... Quit buying your friends gifts and shit. Just get together. Everybody bring a sixer, and everybody put together a sixer of whatever everybody brought. Yeah, that's the best fucking fun time. gift exchange you can do right there. I look forward to trying this. Um, it smells very pineapple-y, yeah. even though it's like a foot away from my face. I smell what the bells are cooking. Oh yeah, the bells, the bells. <laughs> the bells! Quasimodo just wanted to get fucked up. <laughs> he really did. He wanted to get a pull. <laughs> He was. He was getting a pull of <laughs> those bells. Pull those bells. I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, get a pull. Mm, this does smell very nice, and I, I enjoy a bells. The bells two hearted is a fantastic, widely available yeah, beer. You can get that stuff everywhere. That's just like a real good IPA. Just no bones about it. Yeah, yep. Just kind of piney, citrusy, and very easy to drink. Not too heavy. Not too sweet. Mm-mm. It, uh, it's got a little bit of a lingering taste on the palate yep. afterwards. It's a 6.4 percenter. I actually wouldn't guess that. I would guess it was lighter because hmm. it doesn't yeah. taste boozy. Like It doesn't at, at all. all. It's kind of just kind of juicy. That's really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, again, that that's one of those. I think I'd have that about any time of year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So 2019 in the, a nutshell. The 2019, how'd it, how'd it go? Um, 2019 was full of a lot of bullshit. It really was. We had some financial setbacks over and over and over, but that's just pretty common. Yeah. That's normal stuff, right? Yeah, it's just life stuff, I yeah. guess, you know? So, I mean, as far as what we were presented in 2019, like TV shows, movies, etc., good year. Right on. Some good stuff. I good know what you mean. Yeah, we had kind of a mixed bag here. I mean, the, the year kicked off uh, with a very successful, you know, Nam 
uh, Nam show yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. That all went really well. But then Kate's grandfather died. Yeah. Then Attila died. Yeah. That's rough. All the madness that is involved in getting a house ready to sell. Yeah. And putting that on the market, moving, all that jazz, in addition to, um, yeah, you, yeah, Emily had that car wreck yep. with you guys and stuff. I've had a couple of friends in, in bad health that has been a very, very, yeah, very big that. bummer. Yeah, I got that, and uh, 2019 was not a good year to uh, have formerly been my friend and not talk to me in a long time. Oh, no. Because a few of those people died. That's right. I yeah. forgot about that. You had a couple drop yeah, off, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Uh, I mean, you just have to expect that, though, as you get older. Yeah. That's going to happen more often. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, I can't complain too much. 2019 was a year of really big growth for me um, Mm -hmm. as far as, like, my YouTube channel and all that stuff goes. Yeah, the podcast got way bigger. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to just try to look at the good things and also try to look back at some of the good movies, the good horror movies that we watched in 2019. Yeah. we really wanted to do an entire like mini episode or like a YouTube video yeah, best or something. Of 2019. But dude, we were both so fucking busy. I think I think this year I learned about 400 something songs for gigs <laughs> this year, yeah. which is nuts. We were just too busy to catch a lot of the great yeah. ones. I still haven't seen The Lighthouse. It's streaming yeah. now. I want to rent it, it as is. soon as I can. I haven't seen Crawl, which I, I heard a lot that. of good stuff about. Yeah, I heard that that's just a fun one. Yeah, you know. That- I enjoy a fun horror movie. Yeah, totally. I didn't get to see Zombieland 2 either. Didn't get to see Zombieland 2. Uh-uh. Yeah. There, there are a lot of horror movies that came out this year. And I think, you know, with uh, us early in the year. That was 2019, yeah, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> this year has been long. Which, yeah, no <laughs> shit, man. Damn. It's felt like three years. I thought that, yeah, I thought that us came out like two or three years nope. ago. <laughs> Good God. It's I crazy. can't believe that, yeah. man. Midsummer. And, and Us was okay. Uh, yeah, we did I a mini soda on it. It was okay. There's some like logical problems you run into with it, but it's fun as one to see. I, I really need to rewatch out. it now. Yeah, me and, too. And uh, try to dive deeper into all the symbolism. Yeah. Uh, same with Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer which, was, was really, really yeah. good. I enjoyed that very much. It's definitely one of the highlights, I think, of the year for yeah, me is for Midsummer. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. It was very, very good. It Chapter 2. It was as good uh, yeah, as it could it have been. Fine. Yeah, it's it like fine. it's as good as you can make the ending of that book. Right. You, you know? can't unless you just rewrite the end of that book and make it better. That's that's all you got. Pretty much it. Yeah. I think the dead don't die was it easily was awesome. one of my favorites. It might yeah. be my favorite. I mean, it's a horror comedy. Yes, but it was so funny. It's just so just so dry great. and ridiculous and and then weirdly meta yeah. at times too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really really enjoyed that. One. What do you think you would list as like a favorite of the year? Um, I'd say yeah, Dead Don't Die or Midsummer. Midsummer's probably my favorite of the year. Yeah, yeah. Midsummer was. Really I really. Great. It's just so. It's what you expect, but it's so unexpected, even as it plays out. Like you know, all these people are gonna die probably. Yeah. Yeah, but I know what you mean. As it, it plays out, you're still just like surprised by it right. constantly. Yeah, yeah, because like just after watching the previews and stuff, you go, <laughs> okay, it's it's gonna be kind of like The Wicker Man, right? Like, secret yeah. cult movie. Yeah. But at the same time, you're watching it going, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. I really loved it. Um, I enjoyed Dr. Sleep. I don't think I like it, Dr. Sleep a uh, lot. Yeah. I don't, I think of the three major King movies that came out this year, it was probably the best. I think that is the best. Yeah. What, what would be the Pet third Cemetery. One? Oh, was, oh, Pet yeah. Cemetery was so Which we'll be bad. talking about a bit more because Kevin Colson and Dennis Widmire, who directed yeah. and wrote a segment in this are Made the directors that of that horrible horrible movie it really wasn't good but i mean the thing about it was it wasn't terrible 
it was just not it is no, nothing it was so because like all you're watching is a retread of what we've already seen but just darker yeah and that's it like right. it added a little bit more like set decoration but that was about it Pretty and it could have been way better i think uh but yeah, that that one wasn't great. Uh, and then it chapter two was fine, but it's again the source material is just going to limit you always as to how good that's going to be. So Doctor Sleep definitely the best King yeah. movie that came out this year, I think. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's one that uh, certainly didn't do well in the theaters, but did it one, not? No, it didn't. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it did did pretty bad. Ooh, I, no, I don't know why. I I think they didn't advertise it well. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean. To just rely on, oh, everybody loves The Shining is like, well, The Shining came out in 1980. It was like 40 years ago. Yeah, really. So people that you think love The Shining are also adults now. Don't really go to the theater as often as kids do. There might be that. You're going to have to advertise it more and get the kids interested in like, oh, what the hell is The Shining even? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you guys listening have some picks for your favorites of 2019, please do post those like on the Facebook page. Because like I said, it was just so fucking hectic. I can't believe we didn't get to watch The Lighthouse. Like, yeah. I mean, The Witch by Robert Eggers is like one of, my one of our favorite yeah. fucking movies. Mm. And so whenever I was seeing The Lighthouse being advertised, I was like, oh my God, my ass is going to be in a seat opening night. Yeah. But then that was like right in the heart of when we were fucking moving and packing and all that jazz, and it just did not happen. Yeah, we had planned originally to do a mini-sode, but it was just right in the middle of all that chaos. It just wasn't going to work. Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we'll we'll watch that on on streaming here soon enough and do a full review. But yeah, yeah, y'all let us know about your favorites for the year of uh, 2019. Yeah, I'd love to hear because like the beautiful thing about horror is that there's so many indie horror movies. Oh, you can't see them all. So many movies came out this year that I I definitely don't even know about. So please let us know. Yeah, I know I'm forgetting a bunch that I watched that I definitely really enjoyed, you know? I'm a bad horror movie podcast host. I don't really keep up with horror news. (laughs) Unless somebody (laughs) posts it on the Facebook page. Yeah. I probably don't notice. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. In addition to all of this Christmas stuff, I did happen to watch probably the most talked about film right now. Yeah. Which is that newest installment of the Star Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you have not seen this yet. Rise of a Skywalker. It's the one where the Skywalker does a rise. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You've not seen it correct? Uh, I have not. You're going to see it? I'm going to go see it probably the day after Christmas. Oh, okay. Nice. I always enjoy a movie the day after Christmas, Mm -hmm. by the way. Actually, that might be something that we do. Like, the day after Christmas is our... Let's hole up and act like yeah. we're the only people on earth and but not now see anybody you live we know. Like a couple blocks from a theater, yeah. might as well go see a movie. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So why not walk to it? Yeah. Which is I I like because a lot of people go on Christmas yeah. to movies, and I'm fine. You know, if that's your tradition, or I saw whatever, a movie but, Christmas night. Actually, me and, yeah. and Jesse went and saw Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah. Is when Jesse was working at Blockbuster. Oh okay. Till like eleven, so uh-huh. we went by and picked her up after her shift uh, and drove to a movie since she couldn't spend uh-huh. Christmas with everybody. It was actually really fun. Yeah. You know, just cutting out and being like, hey, we're going to do this thing on our own. So, yeah. yeah. It was nice. I think I think the tradition should be day after Christmas. Day after I think Christmas. Day after Christmas. I mean, because it is a day that people are all going, like, to return gifts and shit. You got to be but, a lunatic. Dude, I have yeah. never been so Go desperate. Go to a theater and relax. Dude, have you yeah. ever been so desperate to fucking get this scarf out of your house that you go to goddamn Walmart or the mall the day after Christmas? No, no. I Who wait. are these fucking wait a people? Week. 
Wait at least a week. I just have to get this out of my fucking house. I can't stand it. I can't even yeah. look at it. I got to go return it as soon as Walmart yeah. fucking opens. Well, <laughs> I was going to give a, there are two types of people in this world, but that's like the dumbest. Can you turn yeah, it into, yeah. you might be a redneck instead. Right. If you <laughs> have to immediately perform a task when you think of it, you might be a bit manic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You might be a manic. Yeah. Well, we walked up to the movie theater and checked out that Rise of the Skywalk. Yeah. How'd it go? And I'm not going to spoil nothing, so if you've not seen it, don't worry about Mm -hmm. it. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. You know I was very critical of The Last Jedi. So if you say it's okay, I'll probably really enjoy it. I'll put it to you this way. Um, Force Awakens was Mm. a whole lot of, hey... Remember how what, remember how great it, it is was to like Star berries. Wars? Yeah. It was absolutely just member berries. Yeah. Uh, Last Jedi, in a lot of ways, is like, oh, you like Star Wars? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I like it. Yeah. But it's also, that is true. That is how it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was the complete opposite where it's just like, you want to get nostalgic? Let the past die, motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, This movie isn't just straight nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It also isn't hating on you for being a a star wars fan okay i think that really honestly it feels very much like uh the ryan johnson movie didn't just put a stick in the spokes it threw a center block at the bike rider of (laughs) of where jj thought this was going yeah and so i think he just kind of had to like take stock of what he had and be like well i'll make of this what i can it's not what i would have planned on but yeah okay if this is if these are the pieces you're giving me i'm gonna find a way to make it work you know it seems like that jj abrams he can't plan things out no not not at no. all of course and not. we should all sort of recognize he should not be responsible for a franchise ever no, he, no. like one-offs, single sure. one-offs he can fucking nail yeah but if he's got to bring it to a conclusion it's probably not gonna go well for him right <laughs> like he's just not gonna do it in any way that anybody loves right I'll say that they deal with some things that have been kind of brewing in this trilogy mm-hmm. uh, in some ways that I thought were kind of cool. Even the the subject of, of Ray's uh, origin and parentage and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the conclusion they come to there is is honestly one of those that, that I was okay with. Yeah. And I never saw coming um, in a million miles. Yeah, you know? because she's half Ewok and half Emperor Palpatine. Exactly. We all know that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like where they went to with her parentage and her lineage and stuff, it's like, I liked it because I couldn't have seen it coming. Yeah. But also, it's kind of like the twist that Jason's mom was doing it the whole time. We were like, well, there were no clues that I would have seen right. this coming. So, uh-huh. of course, I'm surprised. Yeah. So, it's kind of a similar thing to yeah. that. Uh, I'll watch it again, though. Like, I didn't leave the theater as immediately, like, nostalgically happy as I was, as I was with Force Awakens. Right. And then looking back going, wait, that was just the same movie mm-hmm. as New Hope. <laughs> it really was. Nor did I leave just feeling kind of offended like I did after Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But, you know, honestly, I think the thing that we're seeing with the Star Wars universe is, like, based on the popularity of how many people love Rogue One. And Mandalorian. And Mandalorian. Yeah. Which, both of those... I mean, the last, you know, five minutes of Rogue One. Are yeah, definitely... that, then we get some Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. But before that, before that these no are new tie-in. people we've never even really heard of. Exactly. We just know that they got the plans. Yep. And then with Mandalorian, I mean, I mean, like you said, obviously we've got knockoff Boba Fett right. and Muppet Baby Yoda. But we also know from from the the world that there would be 
other Yodas, and there are other Mandalorians, Mandalorians yeah, like exactly. Boba Fett. So, but you know, it's like in Mandalorian, they've not used any of the John Williams score. Wow, there, there's not Doing been a Kenobi. Thing, huh? There's not been a Skywalker. There's not been a Vader. There's yeah. not been a Sith. Well, this, I mean, this is the thing I, every time we do Harry Potter that I bring up, where it's just like, maybe you just let the universe expand. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what we're seeing from the way that this, this new trilogy of movies was kind of a fan failure in a lot yeah. of ways. But yet Just these, like the, the first new trilogy, like when yeah. they went back and made yep. the first three, it's just like, it's, it's always going to kind of fail because the the heart of the story has been told and that's what people love and they don't really need to know everything around it. No, not really. Yeah. But what we're seeing is that these these spinoff things can exist on their own without the yeah. need for nostalgia mm-hmm. or just being like, hey, remember when? Uh, well, and this is a genius move by, the universe by Disney because yep. it means they can make more movies. Well, <laughs> like it also means, too, they can make more series and keep that Disney Plus yeah. subscription going from fucking yeah, everybody. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They they know what they're doing. They, know, they where, know how to make money, dude. Yeah, they do know how to make money. And yeah, and I understand people are because they, they capitulate so quickly to like Chinese government and stuff. It sucks that they have all the IPs, but they also handle them really well, I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm cool with them handling all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. It's yeah. fine with me. They're doing good with it. And if they want to keep doing expanded universe stuff It would here, be so interesting. I'm fine with yes. it, dude. I mean, dip into... I mean, God damn, how many decades worth of great fan fiction? You could make an entire Darth books. Maul movie because now we yeah. that he was introduced in Solo again. We find out he's dead, like or that he's alive. Like what happened? Uh, you know what what was what was going on in this time? Give us more. I know they developed this in one of the cartoons. Yeah, but like I, I'd like to see a movie. Yeah, maybe. totally, man. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you said. There's so many other stories about other bounty hunters and mm-hmm. other Darths. Yeah, and stuff like or sorry, other. Vader's, I yeah, should say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so much that they can draw from, and it's just right there, and it doesn't have to rely on nostalgia and big name stars and shit yeah. like that, you know. So, hopefully, they've learned from this, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we don't need to just give people what they've already seen." Yeah, growing the universe is working better for the fans. So let's mm-hmm. just keep it moving that way. You think Van Vader is Darth Vader's brother? Yeah, like his like brother that's kind of like a mudblood where you're yeah. born without any powers. Yeah, he doesn't, but he's huge. So like, I could always eat more than my brother. That's for yeah. sure. Used to steal his food at the dinner table <laughs> all the time. I I just imagine I'm imagining now Big Van Vader power bombing Darth Vader <laughs> through <laughs> a table. Anakin being like, No, stop no. it! Not on the sand. I hate no, sand. sand. I no. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I will say too, and again, this isn't like spoiler turf at all. One of the best things mm-hmm. for a horror fan about Rise of the Skywalker, yeah, there's some scenes on this like Sith planet that, honest to God, I think that they brought like Clive Barker in to direct. Awesome. I mean, some of the set design and the shots and stuff, and even some of the character design, you'll know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about when you uh-huh. see it. Okay. You'll be like, oh, Clive Barker did this. Right. Like, it's really cool. fucking metal, dude. Yeah. Which the Star Wars universe could. That's the thing. That's let it get metal. Yeah, yeah. let it do that. Do that. You you have your you got your Star Wars Western. Maybe you do Star Wars like dark metal horror series. Totally. Like why not? I mean, the horrors that occur in the Star Wars universe are horrific. I think if you had a bunch of Siths on Hoth, which by the way yeah. that's not fun to say. Siths on Hoth. That's basically a. 
every like black metal music video ever. Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> dudes in in corpse paint yeah. in the snow with like all kinds of gauntlets and shit like that in the snow. They're already dressed all in black yes. anyway. Yeah, make it happen. Fuck yes, I'd yeah. watch that. Give me that Sith metal band. Yeah, dude. call it the Knights of Ren. Boom, there you go. I'm on board. Yeah, I'm very on board. Mm-hmm. So overall, movie was okay. Uh, after you see it, we'll sit here and pick apart the million complaints that I have about it. Oh yeah. Uh, but I will say probably the most most original of the three. Oh cool. So go see it. All right, I will. Yep, yep, yep. Sweet. Okay, I think you also said that you'd been watching yourself some American Horror Story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. How's that I, going? Okay, so American Horror Story, I I love the first two seasons of American Horror Story, and I actually really enjoyed Coven, too. I thought it was really funny and wacky. Coven. And silly, yeah. But I, I got tripped up at the circus season. Yeah. It just bored me. I K- just K- couldn't watch get some it. of it. I'd come yeah. home and she'd be watching it, and I'd just sit down on episodes and be like, doesn't seem like a lot's happening yeah it was, it was just too boring yeah so i kind of given up on it and then i'd heard bad things about the season after that so like i wasn't interested but then somebody i i'd gotten a recommendation to watch roanoke american horror story roanoke i've heard that's good yeah and it is okay. it is it goes really meta and weird and interesting and like has that. tie-ins with the previous seasons and stuff and I really enjoyed it. So I just finished that last night and started up the next season, which I've also heard good stuff about, which is American Horror Story Cult, which starts with the election of Donald Trump. I watched the first like yeah. two episodes of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was one of those deals where I was kind of like, I don't know if I need to watch this right now. Yeah. Exactly. It's good to it's good that there's been some time between where now I can see like, oh, yeah, that is exactly kind of what happens. <laughs> yeah. I, that is our most recent history. Yeah. 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 Ugh, man. Well, I need to sit down and check those out sometime. There's yeah. so many of those series. I love I, that. I, haven't watched. I mean, it's, it's by your guy who made Glee. And you love you some Glee. There you go. Yeah. As you know, I do enjoy a Glee. And I, and I do really enjoy the way they uh, bring actors back for each of the new seasons. But then also, like, uh, in this one, in uh, Roanoke, Sarah Paulson plays uh, a character in the season, but she also plays a character she played from a former season. Weird. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's real interesting to see how they work that out. Like. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds intrigue, man. Yeah. Sounds intrigue. Well, Steve, the subject of our show today is, of course, the horror anthology Holidays. But Holiday as you know, day, ooh, far away to stay on a holiday. Oh, Weezer. Yeah. Oh, Blue Album. Yeah. That's oh, a good I love you. Uh, yeah, that that entire album's great. There's nothing skippable on that album. Nope. Just let that thing run. Let it not even like not even a moment of only in dreams. Ten oh minute song. It's just like seems to fly it's by. It's so crushing. Yep. That's a crushing tune right yep. there. Love it. But of course, this is not the first time that holidays have been used as a vehicle for horror. No, in fact, they're really commonly used for horror, especially two holidays in particular. Well, one of them is pretty obvious. Sure, Halloween. Oh, right. I was thinking, fucking. Graduation day. Yep. Graduation day is a big day for horror. A lot of those. Yeah. Uh, just the one. Okay, but just the one. The thing that I found that was interesting while doing some research about them is that Christmas is the most used holiday for holiday horror. Well, Steve, I want to yeah. hear all about that stuff and your research that you've gone through here. So how about before we get on to the movie review portion, let's just uh, step on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. 
Damn, that 2020 edition yeah. is sleek. <laughs> it's really sleek. I really I like worked it. on that one. Yeah, I can tell. Just came out. You practiced all year long I with did. Paul McCartney and the kids. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> and let's just talk about some of the best of the best of other holiday horror productions that we've yeah. seen over the years. Now, I didn't really do any research on this. So but you can easily name some. I can give you a couple to yeah. a tree. I can give you a couple yeah. to a tree of them. Graduation sure Day. Graduation Day. Everybody's <laughs> favorite. <laughs> of course, we got a Halloween, Halloween, obviously. Halloween's like the number one, right? It's yeah, it's the best the, holiday horror movie of yeah. all time. And it's the one that kind of like, it wasn't the first, but it is the one that really popularized the idea of, oh, we could make holiday times horror movies and it'll be interesting right well because again that kind of goes back to what we were saying about christmas movies when we reviewed Krampus and stuff where it's like if you set a horror movie on a particular date yeah friday the 13th yes. for example you're gonna get people watching it on that particular date and even better than that you're at least going to get people thinking of it every time it rolls around yeah. on the calendar like i'm sure my mom has never seen friday the 13th no but, but she I knows bet. it exists yeah and it's and like when friday the 13th happens you she think knows, about it. Yeah. Exactly. So whenever you do tie in a horror movie or any movie for that matter with a holiday, you're guaranteeing that people that have seen it or even just know about it culturally yeah. are going to think about it at least once a year. Yeah. Keeps it alive. I mean, even if you only slightly know horror, you know that there is a, a movie called April Fool's Day that is a horror movie set on April Fool's Day mm-hmm. because it's titled April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah, it's right That's there. why you know that. Fucking right there. You've probably never seen it, and you're not missing a whole lot. I haven't seen it. Is uh, it any good? It's fine. I mean, I, I enjoyed it in the 80s. It was a, it was a fun romp, but now it's just... Eh, eh. Well, from what you were telling me earlier, like you also had two or three other choices for it. Yeah, in 1986, in when April Fool's Day yeah. came out, Three April Fool's horror movies came out. That's insane. I, it really is. I mean, but, we, we've had these instances where, you know, we've had Volcano and Dante's Peak come out right. at the same time and stuff yeah. like that. Deep Impact and what was that other one? Uh Oh, uh, Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. yeah. Where it's like people have these, uh, you know, the cultural consciousness awakens and they're like, we need a April Fool's Day horror movie now. Everybody go. <laughs> well, what, I three mean, is ridiculous. It is. What it really is, is so in 74, we got Black Christmas, which wasn't the first Christmas horror movie, not by a long shot. In fact, the first Christmas horror movie came in 1901. Whoa. Scrooge or Marley's Ghost. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, it, I assume that's a Christmas Carol kind yeah, of telling. Yeah, type of okay. thing. Yeah. But the thing is that there were so few and far between until the 70s and really... It wasn't Black Christmas that even started the Christmas horror craze that kind of went through the 70s and 80s, because we got a lot of Christmas horror movies through there. Well, and it's right there in the song. There'll be scary ghost stories. Scary ghost stories. Tales yeah. of the Glorious. Yeah. But the Tales from the Crypt movie from 1972 had a segment. It was a Christmas segment. No shit. Yeah. And it also had a Valentine's Day segment. Oh, damn, yeah. dude. But... Tales from the Crypt in 72 introduced it, and then Silent Night, Bloody Night in 72 was just pure Christmas schlock. Okay. Silent Night, Bloody Night. Not yeah. Deadly Night. Not Deadly Night. Yeah, huh. this one's a little bit different. Uh, so, the Christmas movie craze, Christmas holiday horror movie craze, kind of ran through the 70s, but then after 78, after Halloween hit, the 80s is just full of all of these attempts at more holiday horror. 
because everybody was like, okay, they like Christmas, they like Halloween. What about April Fool's Day, for instance, or New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve became a pretty common one. New Year's Evil in 1980. Oh, New Year's Evil. I've yeah. heard of that one. Okay. Yeah. Not seen it, though. My Bloody Valentine My in 81. Yeah. yeah. And then the 3D one that came out in, uh-huh. the, what, mid-2000s? Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. The remake of it. I recall it being decent. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah. yeah. There was also Creep Show, which had the uh, Father's Day segment. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I want my chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> And it's again, so weird. like the, these are all early '80s Gremlins, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, April Fool's Day. The three April Fools' uh, movies, by the way, that all came out in '86 are April Fool's Day, Killer Party, and Slaughter High. The only one that sticks in my mind is April Fool's Day because it's titled the name of the the day it's set on. And like, it, you, dude, you know the works. other the other filmmakers were so pissed. They yes, didn't get because their, they their wanted the name first. of that. Of yeah. course, they did. Yeah. Killer Party. I don't know that one, but I'm I sure I would love it. It's a Canadian uh, one, so it might be pretty fun. Okay. Those, those early 80s Canadian horror movies are really interesting, I think. Has there ever been a Canadian horror movie where there's like the killer is like a, a hockey player that like slashes people with his ice skate or anything like that? Is that a I thing? imagine. It's not one I recognize, but it sounds like something that needs to happen. It's like bl- blood on the ice yeah. or something like that. That needs to happen. Yeah, it does. Or maybe there's also another scene where he like waterboards somebody with syrup. <laughs> what do you think about that? But as he's doing it, he's like, all right, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but actually, he's apologizing. Let me tell you what this is all about. He's apologizing to the maple syrup because he feels yeah. bad for wasting it. Yeah, he's wasting wonderful and amazing Canadian maple syrup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should feel bad about that. <laughs> also, in the 80s, we had Blood Rage. Which oh, is the, a, the best Thanksgiving. The fucking, best Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, no. Oh, my God, dude. It came on. That's not cranberry it, sauce. I think it came on like a Joe Bob stream one time, but I was too Sounds drunk right. by that point. Dude, but, it's yeah. so fucking stupid. It I've is heard. Halloween. It is exactly Halloween. But set during Thanksgiving. But set at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And also, it, it sucks. I bet. <laughs> and it's great. And it sucks. Um, Maniac Cop, which is one that we watched on a Friday night, uh, that was surprisingly better than we were expecting it yeah. to be. Uh, but it's set around St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? Yeah. I so, didn't know that. The 80s was just full of all of course, these leprechaun. attempts. Yeah, Leprechaun later. I don't think the first Leprechaun actually was set at St. Patrick's okay. Day, but I know the future, like, a, at least a few installments well, you, were you for sure. To. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is that looking through the, a list of all the holiday horror that's ever been done, this movie, Holidays, is the first one to just try to cover all of them. Surely there's been like a Killer Easter Bunny movie or something like that. I would imagine, right? That you know? seems like a seems again easy. an easy go to. Just like because like all you got to do like anytime you've have you seen like the old Easter Bunny costumes of like the oh, mall Easter Bunny? Yeah, horrifying. There's somebody in that and fucking kill kids. Yes, Done. boom, Easter. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's all you gotta call Done. it. You don't even have to do anything. Call it Easter, show people getting killed, people will get the idea. That works for me, yes. man. That works for me. Huh, that's pretty interesting. And, and like you said, the glut of like Christmas horror movies is one of the it's things huge. I wouldn't have predicted too. I would figure well, Halloween would be the, easily the biggest. And, and obviously, yeah. other than Halloween, we have trick or treat and stuff like that too. You would think, well, see, the thing is that like looking at it, it has to do with box office trends. More people spend money around Christmas. 
So they're ah. going to make more Christmas horror movies. Everybody's because, going out. They got a little bit of free yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, even around Halloween, this is always surprising to me. That, like Horror movies do better in October sometimes, but they don't necessarily go crazy. They're not exponentially better, yeah. no. I well, mean, yeah, you, you look back and you realize like Nightmare on Elm Street was released, I think, in December. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, what? Yeah, and uh, even like, you know, recently, Jordan Peele's uh, Get Out. It came out in February. Yeah, which is a dead it. zone of yeah. movies. But February has become, more recently, a great time to drop a horror movie. People right. people will go out to see horror movies no matter what. Yeah, no matter <laughs> what time of year is. They're just interested in horror movies. Yeah. So well, February's a good time. Like, like, like to, to horror fans, yeah. it's not just an October thing. No. And I think that they've kind of started to catch on and understand yes, that. Well, especially yeah. now that you have horror fans like Jordan Peele making horror movies. Right. And, you know, he's probably remembered growing up his whole life watching horror movies all yeah. the fucking time. But yeah, it's not Who cares just... Who it comes a, out in February? Right. I mean, October's a time more people are thinking about horror movies, but people who like horror movies are thinking about them all the time. All the time, <laughs> yeah. Man. I'll tell you what, though. If they ever did try to do a, a full-on Easter horror movie... I would be interested in seeing that. I'd be on board, but they are going to have a hard time yeah. making it more fucked up than this movie. There's no way. My God, this dude. just not actually. This might have dropped the mic on Easter. <laughs> like, why Honestly, would you even try? It's not going to get more yeah. fucked up. I mean, it, just <laughs> unless you went in a completely different direction. Yeah, like the weird costume and maybe make it a little wacky. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like doing a serious, mm. fucking terrifying vision of Easter. Yeah, nothing will will top this. Okay, hold on. I I just want to flesh out our Easter movie. Okay, trademark Dan lovely. Trademark Dan lovely, obviously. So it's a, a weird mall Easter bunny suit in a current mall, which is already a creepy place to shoot because current malls are like all empty and yeah, shit. yeah, dead zones. So you have this creepy bunny going around in this mostly empty mall slaughtering people and nobody finding out because there's really nobody there. Yeah, okay. Alright. This is gonna work. Well, we can make this happen. Dead mall. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the uh, other potential title. Easter or Dead Mall. Do you got any other particular noteworthy horror um, uh, holiday additions that you think people uh, might need no, to know I, about? I, th I think, you know, more recently we've had good stuff like Krampus and uh, Rare Exports. Yeah, like, Rare Exports some real so good. good Christmas stuff. We watched that after the beer exchange yeah. the other night. Yeah. Still awesome. awesome. Still so awesome. Uh, Thanksgiving, I think, silly, is yeah. probably the best you're going to get out of a Thanksgiving horror movie unless you go completely serious with it. And I don't even know that that would i mean maybe maybe you could have a thing thanksgiving movie where the family starts killing each other at, like the tensions just rise and rise and rise and then they actually start like killing each other drama yeah. rather than like an exterior yeah serial killer or something like that that could work yeah that could work and then yeah we had the uh my bloody valentine remake but they're 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 kind of focused now almost entirely on Either Halloween or Christmas. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So we move past the what days can we make work, but I think it would be fun for another, like, I think more of this style anthology, what could we do with different holidays? Uh, holidays too would be very interesting to me. Like, I mean, we mentioned Columbus Day already. Like there, there are other holidays. You could do that some, could... some other like international holidays right. and stuff like yeah. that too. Get into some of the Scandinavian ones and get yeah. really weird. Get real weird. Yeah. yeah or yeah. Day of the Dead. Like, yeah, yeah you could do you're all right. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Holidays too should be like 
International Boogaloo. You know? <laughs> yes. I'd watch that. I would Holiday, absolutely holidays watch that. Holidays to International Boogaloo. Yeah. I'd be all right with it. Yeah. There's a lot out there to check out. There's a horror movie for just about every dang holiday. And they're really? just yeah. about all touched on in this oh, anthology. I forgot to mention. Midsummer is, is a holiday horror movie. Spring break. Yeah. Spring yeah. Break! Basically, Midsummer and uh, Wicker Man and any of those types of movies. Because it is an actual holiday celebration. It's just not one that we really celebrate here in america oh yeah very true yep. all right steve now before we get on to the movie review portion here i i just gotta crack open another cold one let's do it i need me a cold one i am always in need of a cold one always well, needing a pull well good thing i've got myself an untitled art dulce de leche stout to your right in front i'm of me. excited for this again also from the beer exchange do a beer exchange for christmas guys it's actually the fucking best we also did like raclette like oh, that. raclette's really good. Yeah. yeah. Just pour cheese on everything. Big old bunch of cheese. Why yeah. not? Yeah. It was I a agree. fun time. Now, recently here on the show, we did that Untitled Art, uh, that Dragon Fruit Sour. Uh-huh. That IBA. was amazing. I love it. Dude, that's one of the things that I brought to the beer exchange because I was yeah. just like, everybody needs to yeah, try Everybody does need to try that. The freakiest beer in all the land. Yeah. And everybody was like, this is disturbingly sour. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. It's brutal. It never man. stops being sour. I'm looking forward to trying this Dolce de Leche yeah. stout because that, that I looks, mean, it sounds delicious. It does, and it looks just wonderfully brown. Sure does. It's an eight percent or two. It's a big old boy. Yeah. I want to find out Smells about this good. guy. Yeah. Let's get in here. Let's mm-hmm. get a little little sniff on here. Ooh, it's it does smell one. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It smells like it's definitely gonna have a lot of those caramelly yeah kind of things going on in there. Probably. I'm just going to guess one of those ones that I'm happy I'm just having a half a pint of rather than a full pint. How's that treat you? Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, that is good, and I agree. I could not Ooh. drink an entire pint of that. That is rich. It's less sweet than I thought. Yeah. But it's it is not rich. That, it's very, like, like very chocolatey, coffee. Yeah, like, like dark chocolate, mm-hmm. though. Not like a milk chocolatey kind of sweet like some stouts yeah. and stuff get. But yeah, it does have that kind of background of like good, though. a little coffee flavor, mm-hmm. definitely a little bit of like burnt sugar mm-hmm. and stuff in there. Yeah. Damn. A little creaminess too. I like that, man. It's really good. It's really good. It is heavy though. It's that heavy, is, but heavy. I'm glad it's not as sweet as I thought yeah. it'd be. If it it also does sweet, not though. seem 8%. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, that's downright confusing right there. How the fuck is that 8%? <laughs> Damn, that's know. good. All right, Steve, this is not the first time you've seen holidays no, in 2016, no. is it? This is this is the uh, probably millionth time I've the seen it. The millionth? Yeah. I know I definitely watched it twice by myself cuz I watched it once and I was like I had I needed to see the Easter segment again. My god. So it was like maybe a week later I watched it again and then watched it with my wife and I watched it two more times for this. It's such a solid anthology. It's good, man. Yeah. It's good. And some of the segments are like masterful, I think. For, I think for so sure too. Father's yeah. Day is one of those that is just like this is so mind blowing at the end. You're just like, What I'm not sure what happened, but I'm sure it was creepy the whole time. And at the same time, it's also made with such care that you know something happened, so you just yeah. gotta figure out what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. You don't you don't feel cheated in the end of it. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. I watched this the first time a couple of years ago, um, whenever it was just on streaming. I think maybe you had recommended it to me. Yeah, or something, probably because I, I yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I, do I love tell an anthology, it. man. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned that on all the other anthology episodes that we've done, but I love anthologies, and I think horror is just so well suited. It for is because there's so many of these stories here. That would not stand on their own as a full-length movie. Yeah, the Christmas one 
That couldn't be a full movie. It couldn't no. even be. I mean, I guess you could stretch it to a full Black Mirror episode. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. At best, 45 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. But there would have to probably be a lot of unnecessary crap added right. in that doesn't really make the horror of it any yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. You know? Same as like the Valentine's Day one in this, too. Oh, it's yeah. Like, that it's, works it's so perfectly. Quick. You could see that as a full hour and a half movie, but it's so much better as a 15-minute segment. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. So I love me an anthology. So the first time that I watched this, I remember really loving some segments. Yeah. Uh, I remember being kind of let down by some others. We'll get into those. Yeah, the one in particular, I think, is the one you're probably looking most forward to. It was. The Kevin Smith one. Absolutely so. And uh, I remember looking back on it and being like, yeah, I remember thinking that the Easter one was good and that Father's Day was really good, but I remember Mm -hmm. thinking the others were just kind of okay. Right. But dude watched it again last night and i was like no this is all better yeah. than i remembered yeah. they're all like on a higher level than than you would expect except yeah. for halloween is is uh certainly a, a lull Absolutely not not so. a very good moment no. which is a shame because it is a shame if there's any of these that should be fucking amazing it's the one kevin anthology. smith did yeah. well and it's the one that happens on goddamn halloween i know the yeah. most horror of holidays yeah and it, 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 that one is uh, such a disappointment i think but all the other ones i mean even the, though mother's day is a little slow it's still like the ending you're like what the fuck just happened mm, there's still yeah. some cool themes and yeah. stuff there I just, like I said, it was better than I remembered it, and I remembered it being yeah. good, you know? So I definitely enjoyed this one. Now, we're going to kind of break these down uh, segment by segment yeah. here and give them little mini-reviews as we go along and talk about all their directors and stuff as we go along. And uh, this, of course, starts off with Valentine's Day. Yes, it does, which I really love. I really this. liked yeah. it. Again, I don't remember liking this one that much, but I watched it back mm. and I was like, this is fucking mm-hmm. cool, man. What do you know about the director? Okay, so, so this, this is uh, Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Wendmeyer, who I talked about before, who directed the Pet Cemetery remake. They also directed a movie called Starry Eyes, which I'm always recommending to people because... And I still haven't watched it. You've told me so a million good. times yeah. I'd like it. It's so, I think you would really like it. Yeah, I think I think it's something that right up a million alley. and one times. Yep, there I gotta is. start listening one of these days. <laughs> this movie, or this uh, segment, it, it has um, basically our two uh, protagonists and antagonists and then the, the coach who's just kind of in the middle of them. But we got Maxine... Played by Matt, Madeline Coughlin, who in this is like, you know, she's playing down her looks, but in real life is gorgeous. Really? Yeah. When wow. I looked up, like I was looking up the different people, I saw her. I was like, whoa. No okay. Doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And this, she's just so fucking sullen and Yeah. Salty and she keeps and her hair emo. kind of in her face and she's never wearing makeup or anything. It's yeah. very mm-hmm. Carrie. Yes. Which they, they know. Yeah. They're going very Carrie, but they did it in a way... Like they Very eliminate different. the supernatural. I was gonna yeah. say, like that's the biggest difference in this is that yeah, there's nothing supernatural. Nope. It's just fucking brutal. It's just I'm gonna cut your heart out with the uh, box cutter my dad used to kill himself. Jesus Christ, yeah. man! That they, is the rugged. fact that they added in all that exposition without making too big of a deal of it, like all that stuff is there, but it's still only like 15 minutes. That's what it's, I was gonna say. It's a real yeah. short segment. Yeah, really. It's built up very fast, but you get a lot of character development mm-hmm. without super clumsy exposition I or think, anything. I think when it comes to like bullying, we all kind of get it. Yeah. Like you don't have to go too hard on it. You see it happening. It's like, okay, she's the bully. She's being uh, bullied. She being has bullied. a yeah. crazy home life, whatever. Yeah. A tale as old as time. Yeah, it's something we all know. So it goes pretty quick. The coach is played by Rick 
Rick, what's Rick his Peters. Name? Rick Peters. Um, and Rick Peters is in Night of the Demons 2 and Leprechaun 4. Hang on. So. Is his name Dick Peters? Old Dick Richard, Peters. Richard Peters. <laughs> Dick Peters. Dick Peters. Bless his fucking heart, man. <laughs> Dick Peters? Really? <laughs> Your parents could not think of something better than that. I think Richard is a cruel name at this point, right? It's Wait, actually, though, a lot of I, if I have noticed... A lot of people don't know that Dick is a short name for Richard anymore. I mean, I never think of Richard Harris and go, well, Dick. Dick Harris. Dick Harris. <laughs> I never really say that to myself. So, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I think it, it kind of fell out of it. Because I know in the 80s growing up, having a bunch of friends named Richard and none of us knowing to make fun of them by calling them Dick. You missed until out. Until we made it to like high school. Then it was like, well... By high school, if you haven't been made fun of about your name, it doesn't really matter if somebody makes fun of your name. You're just like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Man, I saw a thing circulating around Facebook today, and I'm sorry, this is probably a very important person to some people, but I don't know who this person is. So Uh I read this, and I thought it was like maybe an Onion article or something. Oh, no. It was not. Apparently, like earlier today or maybe yesterday... Some like really well-known like self-help guru, philosopher, spiritual healing kind of guy passed away. Tony Robbins? No. Oh. His name is spelled R-A-M-M. Mm-hmm. Last name D-A-S-S. Ramdas. Yeah, I know him. I read that as rammed ass. <laughs> First off, didn't know Ramdas died today. R.I.P. Ramdas. Dude, that's hilarious. I just read that like yeah. Ramdas. Ramdas? Really? <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Ramdas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this guy that plays the coach in this, he's been in some other things. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been in some other horror movies. Uh, but he he's been he's been in a ton of stuff. He's got a pretty long list, and he he does a a good job of not like. I mean, he seems truly neutral in this bully situation like he he's not picking one girl over the other uh and also he's got problems enough of his own exactly he's got his own issues it motherfuckers dying he's a heart transplant yeah so the exposition there uh is so good because it's like minimal but it sets up a very complicated world where one girl's dad has killed himself she carries around the implement he used uh, one guy's got a heart problem, needs a heart transplant. Like all this is coming out really quickly and uh, establishing exactly the roles very, very easily. Clearly, yeah, yeah, and clearly. Sure. So the, it's so it's just a, a really effective, quick story. It looks great. Too. It looks so good. Yeah, it's yeah, visually very, very well done to me. Mm. And uh, the soundtrack and stuff actually carries some of the the levity of this segment too, because uh-huh. there's yeah. like some kind of funny yeah dark, i guess dark comedic elements of i this. would say the soundtrack is kind of what's going on in maxine's head oh yeah oh yeah. absolutely so yeah she's every time she delusional like lays eyes on the coach like the, the yeah. lights get all crazy uh-huh. and neon and stuff <laughs> it might as well be don 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 like take my breath away it's what the music yeah. sounds exactly like yeah. and even that scene where she's in the pool and like the coach dives under and like the uh-huh. lights are all like crazy neon blue neon yeah. pink like boy girl Love colors I, and stuff. Yeah. So well done. I think both that is well done and a great idea for Valentine's Day. The tones kind of set uh, a tone, but also is a callback to Creepshow. 
Oh yeah, totally yeah. right. Yeah, it has those like hyper giallo uh-huh. colored lights and stuff. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, because if we hadn't watched Creep Show recently, I wouldn't have caught that this time. But it was yeah, it was right. like oh okay yeah because Creep Show does that consistently that change from like bright red to blue uh-huh. green hyper green yeah, yeah. and so on. That little thing that happens towards the end of the movie where Maxine follows uh, <laughs> her antagonist chick into the woods. Yeah smashes her head with a brick and fucking carves her heart out with uh-huh. a goddamn box cutter. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. And it's when the brutal. chick falls like in the mud, like it's uh-huh. just immediately so disgusting yes. and grimy out of nowhere. It reminded me of the part everybody hates about Rob Zombie's Halloween's, but showing Michael as a kid killing another kid, like right. that particular yeah. scene is so brutal. Oh yeah. And the this scene they did it it's so similar in the lead up like the the following and the creepiness of like what's happening in the woods here but then when it shows it instead of doing the rob zombie thing of being like right on top of it the camera's from like maybe 20 feet I love away that. and it's yeah. like there's the the, the paper heart uh-huh. that the girl had that's yeah. in the foreground and stuff yeah it's really cool it's a cool shot it's yeah. a it's a lot of like Letting your mind fill in the blanks. Right. Because you just yeah. have sound effects and you see her arm going up with the knife and coming down. Yeah. But it's not showing you like a rib cage being busted open. Obviously, no. they didn't have the budget oh, yeah. to I, do something like I that. I couldn't even find a budget for this. Uh, it, but it, it was always intended to just go to film festivals and then streaming. It was never yeah. really intended to be played on the big screen. So uh, the budget I couldn't find, the box office I found, which was $55,000, but Again, Whoa. it went immediately on demand. Yeah, like, yeah. It just went into like two or three theaters. No big deal. And then at the very end there, whenever she brings her, her coach that she's in love with, the heart that he needs for a transplant as just a symbol of her love right. on Valentine's Day. It's so fucking yeah. twisted. And, and you what can do see you the do if you're logic. him? Like what? <laughs> Fame. Yeah, because you, you can't be like, what have you done? Because yeah. like, she's a crazy person. Yeah, still has a box cutter in her <laughs> so pocket. So it's just like, Sweet! Uh, this should help wow. a lot. Let me get that on ice. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the doctor right now. They're gonna come in a cop car to help. Yeah, that's how doctors travel now. Cop cars. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it again. I enjoyed it way yeah. more than I remember liking it. And mm. again, it's very obvious. Carrie. Yeah. homage one of the girls is even wearing like a ball cap with yes like a rainbow yeah. on it yeah the, the pj souls exactly yeah. just like mm-hmm. pj souls so mm-hmm. yeah very much paying homage but still having some fun with it too. yeah i think that that is a good line they walked where it's like this is a classic story we all know the carry story blah, blah blah but let's do a little more realistic version and more of like her home life is fucked up because her dad killed himself instead of her mom being this crazy religious person, but it's still very much Carrie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's Me really too. good. Where are you going to rate that one on a 1 to 10 scale? Um, Let's see. Let me just put it in comparison to some others on this in my head. Uh, I'd say about a 7, 7.5 maybe. I think mm-hmm. I'm about at a about at a 7 for yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly, I think without the... The slightly comedic elements and that yeah. fun eighty soundtrack and stuff, it would probably be lower. But yeah, it, it wouldn't have as much me. going for it, maybe. Yeah. The, the lighting, the the, yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah, those things really... It, all the artistic flair is yep. what makes it work. And yeah. those are just choices I never would have thought of to make. No. So I always enjoy seeing that yeah. in movies and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's probably about a seven for me. Yeah. Really enjoy cool. that one. Kicks it off very nicely. It does, too. for sure. Now, after this, we get treated to... St. Patrick's the Day. The batshit insane St. Yeah, Patrick's Day. Yeah, this is what sold me on it the first time I watched it. Because I liked the Valentine's Day, the, the nice dark humor. But then watching this, when when we finally see the snakes 
face oh, when it has Jesus hair. God, dude. I was like, this is genius. Dude. What? Honestly, the first time that I watched this segment, I was on board. I was on board. I was like, holy shit, this is fucked uh-huh. up. And then it got to the ending and I was like, what the fuck? Like they blew it. <laughs> it's so silly. But then the thing is, is like going into it this time, yeah. remembering the fucking absurdity that happens yeah. in the end, I was able to watch it and be like, oh yeah, this is so sick yeah. because you think it's one thing, then it just pulls yeah. the rug out from under you. I do, like it way more this time. They do build up the absurdity, but like you don't know what they're building to, so you don't see it the first time. Totally. But when you go back and watch it, you're like, you keep seeing these moments where it's like, oh, that is weird. That's crazy. Like Grania, uh, when she every time she's just staring at the teacher, oh my played God. by Ruth Bradley, who's gorgeous. Um, she's just staring at her, or she makes she drew up like the thing Little of her giving birth to the snake, snake and, and all that jazz. stuff. Like, there's just so much like weirdness along the way, and it, I it just nails it. I think like oh, fuck, it, yeah. as far as like the because. The holiday we're talking about is St. Patrick's Day. It gives us the really funny, like, ridiculous reenactment of St. Patrick just Dude, throwing snakes. I was going to say, that's one of my favorite <laughs> things. And again, that's one of those deals where, like, when you know how silly this gets later on, yeah. you know, the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, the silliness came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. No, you watch this the, sec- yeah, the second time and you're like, silliness all over it's it. It's there all the time. Yeah. You just didn't notice it. Dude, that reenactment shit of him banishing the snakes, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I loved it. Throwing them at just the ocean. Them. That's yeah. it. Oh my god, it's so fucking funny. It's so hilarious, and that's what this kicks off with, you know. Yeah. So there is definitely a very dark, weird brand of humor yes. that runs through this entire thing. Yeah, there is. I just didn't notice the first time. I thought it was just going to be horror, so uh-huh. that's what I was looking for. And so when it got weird, it lost me. And but she, this time, love it. She's just so obsessed with being pregnant. Yeah. That the the amount that she overlooks how weird the pregnancy is is hilarious. Yeah, like totally. the doctor's telling her, like, we're not even sure what it is, and she's like, I'm gonna have a baby. Yeah, she's, she's just like, like so happy. Replace the word baby with reptile. Uh-huh. And she's like, I can't believe I'm finally pregnant. It's uh-huh. just like, what the fuck? It honestly has kind of like a kiwi vibe to it to me. Like uh, a lot yeah, of this feels kind of New Zealandy yeah. in a lot of right. ways. You um, know? Who directed it? Okay, so this this is from Gary Shore, who directed Shore. Dracula Untold or whatever that nineteen or two thousand fourteen yeah. Dracula movie that was supposed to start. Like, I heard it was Dracula unwatched by most. Yeah, everybody. mostly. Yeah, I didn't from what it. I hear. Uh, anyway, Gary Shore, who directed it, he's Irish. The this is almost. I think everybody in this is Irish. Okay. They certainly sure. look like it. Yeah, Ruth Bradley for sure is, and, and definitely Isolt McCaffrey. <laughs> McCarthy. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. What is the name? Isolt McCarthy. <laughs> that sounds like one of those things that you that you say when you're, like, surprised. Isolt McCarthy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Zoot Lourdes. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that's just like, that's an exclamation. That's not a name. Yeah. Get real, guys. Uh, I, I really want to... I want to just point out that Ruth Bradley is... Uh, amazing actress you i mean you she's can the mom see it. in this right yeah you okay. can see it in this uh, specifically in the scene where she like is sniffing the the baby clothes oh, and, like, like just manically. like stretches it across yeah. her face and stuff real intense and weird. she's so fucking good yeah but you have you have to this is a movie too few people have seen it's called in her skin 
It's an Australian movie about an act like a true real life murder. And uh, Ruth Bradley gained like 30 pounds or something to play the main character. Okay. And Guy Pierce is in it. Sam Neill. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. A lot of people you'd recognize. But uh, Ruth Bradley is fucking amazing in it. Also, Grabbers. You need to see Grabbers. If you haven't seen Grabbers, Grabbers before. it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an uh, Irish horror movie. People got to stay fucked up. People got to stay drunk to not get eaten by the monsters. That's awesome. And it's hilarious. That's awesome. But yeah, she she makes this so much because she's able to do the the comedy and then also the seriousness that I, that makes it so absurd and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah, you never really get the impression that this is a normal person going through this no. poor things it's no. just like no she's fucking nuts yeah she's, oh, she's got a lot of issues having a baby <laughs> you know yeah and the look of this segment i think is dope i think it yeah. looks fucking awesome reminds you a bit of midsummer i'd say midsummer it reminds and wicker me a bit man of midsummer it reminds me a lot of like fucking apex twin music videos. right yeah, yeah dude all the stuff with like with gran what is it grania grania uh-huh. uh-huh. all the parts where she's like just staring and smiling uh-huh. unblinking that's very apex that's twin. fucking apex yeah. <laughs> twin videos which dude by the way if you guys listening have never watched a lot of apex oh, twin God. videos Buckle up, buckaroos. Go check out that Rubber Johnny video. Jesus Christ, man. Watch that Come to Daddy video. Uh And remember it came out before The Ring by like years and years and years. Holy shit, man. All of his videos are amazing and hyper disturbing. Yeah, I would honestly like to see the guy that directed this do some music videos. Yeah, I could see that. It would absolutely work Uh for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absurdly weird. It's absurdly strange, strange. It's 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 like obviously supposed to be funny. I mean, the the thing that impregnates her with this gigantic snake that she's pregnant with for over a year appears to her in the form of Danny Zuko from Greece. Dude, <laughs> that was one of those turns that, like earlier in the movie whenever it's like, yeah, she and her sister who ever go out to party on St. Patrick's Day, yeah. she wakes up in her car... And mm-hmm. there, like, there's some voicemail or some shit. Yeah, about, from her like, sister. Yeah, she Danny she keeps Zuko getting these voicemails from her sister that one Get show that her whole weirder. family is yeah. kind of crazy, and two uh, give us exposition. In this case, they tell us that the guy she met at the bar looked like Danny Zuko. Yeah, and then later she we see him from behind, and she's just like got this Danny fucking Zuko and the snake on the back <laughs> yes. of his jacket. Yeah, I love too. Like some of the aesthetic of this movie, like when she wakes up in the car. She's in this bright green car that's like surrounded by this coiling snake of like shopping carts. Yes. In this parking yeah. lot. It's so weird. It's a strange, strange thing. Creepy, yeah. uh-huh. you know? And again, there's a lot of those like snake spirals mm-hmm. throughout this and stuff if you watch. Yeah, and th- this is really about that going back, like the idea of uh, for the Irish going back to the pre Anglicanization, the pre. Uh, Christianization and yeah, totally. like going back to the period before the when they were ways. just Ireland, they were their own place and their own ways, and they did their things their way. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, honestly, the the whole myth about um, uh, Saint Patrick driving the snakes yeah. out of Ireland and stuff like this, it was just meaning to say they crushed paganism. Yeah, they came in and killed people and destroyed their culture. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the snake being the symbol of evil and Christendom and so on. Yeah. All that it really is is about crushing their native beliefs and yeah. religions and practices. That's all that that myth and is it's about. Like, it's one of those things that has gone too long without 
being questioned. I mean, Ireland has been questioning it, obviously, for Surely, well over yeah. a century. But most of the world just looks at Ireland and they go, oh, yeah, there's Catholics. And it's like, no, they were forced oh, that's the to thing. be it's like, Catholics. In the grand scheme of history, recent development yeah. in Catholicism. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. most of their existence, very yeah, pagan. pagans. Very, very <laughs> yeah. pagan. Yeah, so... I think that this is a real interest. Like it has a very actually Irish perspective of like, this is, this is what we want and who we are as a people. And what I would, I I assume Gary Shore is saying what I would like to see is a return to paganism or a return to our old traditions. Bring the snakes back to, to Ireland. I mean, uh, basically the snake we see at the end is, Irish Jesus. <laughs> like it's well, and let's look at it this way, too, in terms of what you're saying about the, the snakes representing the paganism, taking back over the Christendom and so on. At the very end of this segment, whenever we get um, Grania back at school, her new teacher is a fucking nun. Yeah. Could it be more explicit? Exactly. This is about yeah. retaking uh-huh. Ireland from Christendom. Yeah. You're going to take it's this one down. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, how about, how about St. Patrick's Day is about the defeat of St. Patrick? Mm-hmm. Not the celebration yeah. of him banishing the pagan awesome. things, but the celebration of taking their old ways back. I think that's what this is all about. Yeah. I think about. it's yeah, so it really what it's getting to. And it, that makes, I mean, the fact is that this is both absurdly funny, uh, introduces a real interesting horror aspect. And has a real message to it. Totally, like, right? It's a real fucking and good segment. And it's funny, yeah. Weirdly fucked up yeah. funny. Dude, at the very end, whenever you see that goddamn snake, and it looks so happy and stupid, <laughs> and it has a pompadour. It has a pompadour. The snake has a pompadour. Like <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, man? Oh, it's so fucking weird. Oh, and also, too, man, you know, you were saying that the directors of, of some of this are the guys that did that Pet Cemetery bullshit. Yeah, the uh, that was for the Valentine's Day section. Gee, yeah. I wonder if they stole the people in the field with the animal masks oh, from this yeah. shit. Because the St. Patrick's Day segment about that. totally did this very well. Yeah. It was super creepy. The huh. new Pet Cemetery just did it in some bullshit, yeah. stupid way. It wasn't. You know wasn't that good. was an influence. It had to have been. It had to have yeah. been, dude. Because like, even the, the type of masks and stuff like that are yeah. so similar. Very similar. What we saw in Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I think they ripped this off, personally. Huh. I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. All those scenes get so uncomfortable, man. When she's in the bathtub and she puts that mouse on her stomach to like, yeah. force labor to happen. God damn. <laughs> like, it is so disturbing. And her stomach is gigantic. And like veiny and yeah. stuff. Ugh, dude. It's so crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I love this segment. I love this segment. I think this is like a nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, I was going to say nine. That's yeah. exactly it. It's yeah. just so absurdly weird and could have gone in so many directions. And they were really could have. So many places that I never would have predicted. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes and has a lot of laughs to it. So, yeah, yeah. So. Good setup for fucking Easter. Good setup for Easter because Holy this is so smokes. weird. But it's like I—I I mean, we were talking about it before. It's exactly like a child's fever dream. Yes. Uh, around that that age, where you're hearing all these things, you're hearing about Jesus, you're hearing about Easter bunnies, Easter bunny. you're hearing about eggs and little chicks and all these things. And How all, does this all correlate? Yeah. What's the connection here? So this this is really very much like that a fever dream a child might have when all of these things are swimming in their head, and oh, yeah. then like, how do I put this together to yeah. make sense of it? You know. And how you do that is 
fucking amazing. Like With fucking Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Bunny Jesus. Dr. Moreau Bunny Holy Jesus who shit. Sh- shoots chicks out of the wounds in his palms. Dude. And this he segment is fucked. Travels around in an egg. Yeah, that hatches sweats. out of it. <laughs> what the fuck? It's so creepy. This is nightmare fuel. It is. Honestly, like this is this is one of those deals where, you know, as we do more and more horror movies and stuff on the show, it's like yeah. I kind of become more and more desensitized. Yeah, where nothing like, is really going to affect me too much. But Yeah, this weirded me the fuck out. <laughs> and even watching it the second time, knowing what yes. was going to happen, it's still creepy still. Weirded yeah. me the fuck out, man. That, that scene where the little girl gets up in the night to get a drink of water, mm-hmm. and you just see that, that figure skulk away behind her in the dark. For one, doesn't have a big jump scare music stab nope. attached to it. Just let it let it be what Just it is. Just let it be what it is. That's it. And then, like, whenever she finally comes across him, and it's like you said, it's where the little chicks are coming out of his palms, and he's like knelt down. Yeah, and he's like he's like repeating something. Yeah. yeah. And she just and he's like kind of like kneeling down and sort of twitching weirdly, yeah. and she kind of runs away from him. Fuck me, dude! It's terrifying. It is. Just that image of like I don't know what the fuck this thing is because at that point you've not even seen his face or anything. You're just like, what is happening? It's so strange. It it has all the elements of a child, like everything a child would fear. Totally. And it it also even has that moment where, you know, his back is turned and he's reciting or whatever. And the chicks are coming out of his, his holes in his palms. And she realizes she's going to have to run past where he is. Yeah, dude. And so she like she's got that like getting ready to run thing and Ugh. then getting caught in the midst of running like those are the two main things as a child you think okay I'm going to run and the big fear is what if I get caught dude I'm telling yeah. you this movie does so well about not trying to play on adult fears that we have as grown-ups yeah. watching this movie but the stuff that used to terrify us when we exactly were kids. yeah i mean whenever you'd have to like run by that neighbor's house that had the really mean dog yes you know and or, it's like that dog is never gonna get to you but as a kid you're like oh he's gonna jump that fucking fence and he's gonna eat my face yeah like, yeah well dude or the kind of thing where like did you ever have that situation in your house when you were a kid where you know maybe there was like a staircase that went to the basement but the yes. light switch was at the bottom, yes. so you'd have to turn the lights yep. off and then run up the steps before the demon got you. Yeah, well, yeah, because the demon is right at your heels. Always. Yes. Always. <laughs> this plays so well on the kind of shit that we used to freak out about when we were kids and makes it so real. Absolutely. Now, who directed this? Okay, so Easter was directed by Nicholas McCarthy, who's directed two other movies. The Well, he's directed a few other movies, but two horror movies. One, The Pact. And one is one. called At the Devil's Door. Now the I don't know pact, of these. I'm interested to see him now, though. I, I would, okay, I would say At the Devil's Door, I really enjoyed. But according to the reviews, At the Devil's Door isn't a very good movie, and the oh, pact no. is great. I, I found the pact to be fine, but At the Devil's Door, I really enjoyed. Okay. So I recommend them, though. They're usually both on uh, Netflix, so pretty easy to find. Right on, yeah. man. Yeah, this movie does so well with, like you said, tying up those things that always terrified me as a kid about religion and Jesus and the resurrection. Yes. And, you know, I grew up super religious and stuff. And I remember, you know, there were some of those depictions of Jesus where he's hanging there on the oh, cross with his God. side cut open. He's got holes in his hand and a crown of thorns and stuff. And yeah. being like, how does this relate to me getting marshmallow peeps exactly? I don't see the connection between this guy who was tortured to death. Yeah. 
and me getting a fucking basket of Easter grass and jelly beans. Yeah. I mean, this this particular segment is really focused on the child experience of that, but there's certainly a way you could make an Easter segment that would be about the combination of pagan rituals with this... Like, oh, yeah. Like how this weird mishmash just doesn't work. I mean, that that is kind of the, the heart of this, though, is that this weird mishmash of ideas... It makes zero fucking makes sense. Makes no it's sense. terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And it also gets into, too, how, you know, th- those things that you learned in Christendom and stuff when you are a kid can really fuck with you as a child. Yep. Because, like, this, this poor little girl's, like, dad has died, uh-huh. and she's like, Jesus came back. Can dad come back? Right. And it's just so fucking sad and depressing when it's like, no, he can't, but Jesus can. But why? Right. I mean, it really gets in there with like the stuff about religion that really freaked me out as a kid. And the the one thing that religion always has working for it, it, basically, as a child, what you're always asking of Christians is, are we there yet? And what they're basically always saying is, soon yeah <laughs> almost. And, and like what you learn as an adult is they have no intention of going anywhere like they're just using this as a ruse so they can get away with doing whatever they want and say they're good people but <laughs> <clears throat> what is also happening no what is also happening is that uh they they're really believing like yeah but soon like soon right. soon things will change and everything will be different and everything will be good but they're not like doing anything to make that happen. Sure, <laughs> like, that's just always the crux of Christianity. Is like we're in the end times. Yep, they're always saying that Coming they were sa- soon. That people do not realize that there were post-apocalyptic cults a hundred years after Jesus died. Yeah, yeah, a hundred years after Jesus died, people were saying, "All right, we're in the end times. This is it. <laughs> Here it is. Here we go. No, it's, it's over. Not. It's not even close. No, not even close. And it's not going to happen." <laughs> And the world is not getting hotter because Jesus is returning. <laughs> it's getting hotter because of CO2. Hey, man, he likes it warm. He grew up in the Middle Jesus East. Jesus loves it warm. He likes it warm, so that's why it's getting warmer. Wait a second. Is he about to warm it up, Chris? <laughs> Chris meaning Christ. I'm about to warm it up, Christ. Warm it up, Christ. Was that Christ. song a prophecy? I'm about to. I'm about to. Damn, Chris Cross is trying to tell us we're in the end times. Well, I mean, they made us jump, jump. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't they think made us jump, cr- jump. Fucking, uh, we had stomp. Oh, true. Remember stomp? Uh-huh. Do you remember Miss the Bus? Oh, Something I missed the I bus. I would never do. I would I never, ever bus. do again. That was more of like a Will Smith ripoff. And stomp was Kirk Franklin. So I wanted to back that up and yeah. point that out. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Chris Cross is telling us we're in the end times. Yeah. They're about to warm it up <laughs> for Christo. Makes sense. It's right I there, guys. I wonder what crisscross is up to these days. I you haven't know, checked on them. I haven't checked on them I hope they're wearing their clothes the right way. Man, they used to piss my mom off so much. Really? Oh, man. Because sometimes my brother would try to like, he'd like come out of yeah. the bathroom with after getting dressed. like, maybe I wear my clothes backwards. Today. Yeah. And mom would be like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> absolutely not. I remember, of course, trying it. Like, you have to. It's very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Your jeans are not meant... For a man, you should not have the back part of your jeans where your dick is. No. It's just like, hey, we'll separate all that. You got to unzip your butt to take a leak. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Who says that's a good idea? Uh, it's not a good idea. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody. <laughs> I'm, Im- I'm imagining a situation where you do unzip your butt zipper 
and you have to do kind of a half crouch and reach in and kind of tuck everything back oh, like Buffalo Bill style. God, yeah. But yeah. then there's the zipper problem too. Oh no. Things are not going well there. Oh, this sounds bad for everybody. Just have a seat, Chris Gross. Yeah, seriously. Have yourself just a sit, sit down, down P. Or you know what? Wear your pants normal. Maybe just wear them normal. Yeah, wear them you know? normal. Maybe that's maybe that's the move really. <laughs> so Easter is great. It's, it's fucking amazing. It's a great, really weird segment that, I mean, it couldn't be a movie. What do you think about the design of like the bunny Christ? It looks amazing. Like It's incredible because it's, it's practical. Yeah. It's not CGI. And I, I, I couldn't find enough like stuff on who did the practical effects and whatnot. But like whoever, whoever did that, that bunny face. I mean, one, they were smart to show it only in the dark. Yeah, it's like half lit most of yeah. the time. Yeah, because it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, but it's... It looks like a, a demented idea of a mixture of human and bunny. Like, it's Dude, just gross. That, that's the freakiest about it to me is the fact that he's bunny-like in that he has that little bunny nose yeah. and mouth and floppy ears that yeah. are pinned down under his crown of thorns. Uh-huh. But there's no fur. He's like None. a skin bunny. Yeah, a skin bunny. <laughs> it is incredibly disturbing yeah, it's really disturbing and, and really hard to look at yeah. and then it gets even more disturbing when he places her fingers in the wound in his side oh my god he's like feel my wound she's like you're not real and he's like sexual Touch my pleasure wound. from it oh my god and that little girl is so clearly in yeah. great distress yeah. while this is happening like it's kind of that that like flashback to the exorcist where I watch back and I'm like I feel really bad that this girl had to do this mm-hmm like this had to be really weird for her to be on set with what's going on. I here. bet I bet they didn't have him moaning while she was there. Cause oh, like, I hope not. Oh yeah, I I imagine they had her just put her fingers in what looked like the thing, got that shot, and then had him do his moans and it's stuff so because that is it's, it's really so gross. weird, yeah. man. And then at the end, it actually kind of turns into the Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Where basically, if if you see the Christ Bunny, you must become one. <laughs> And he transforms her into the next Easter bunny. Yeah. With, with that crazy, you just see her transform in the shadow. Yeah, and really that, cool. that was a smart idea because that is CG. Yeah. But all you're CGing is a shadow. Yeah. So it looks good. Still. Fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Uh, which, by the way, speaking of the Santa Claus, one of my favorite movie podcasts, Medium Popcorn, yeah. just uh-huh. did the Santa Claus. Awesome. You have to listen to that. I got to check it out. It is so fucking funny, I've checked them out before. They are awesome. They're fantastic, Mm. man. Go listen to that Santa Claus episode (laughs) after you finish ours and rate and view on iTunes, of course. Uh, Rate and view on iTunes. Then listen to their episode. Yeah. Yeah, this Easter segment to me is is just amazing. And and like I said, it totally taps into all that confusion that you would have as a kid. I mean, even learning about like Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's Santa Claus and he brings you toys. Also, there was a woman who had never had sex before that had a baby. Wait, what? <laughs> that was a son of God, but also God at the oh, same no. time. Like, what? What What am I missing? Hmm. Also, every Easter, you also eat his body and drink his blood. That's here's, normal, right? Here's what I think. You know how a lot of adults get irritated when children start, like, asking them questions? Yeah. If a child asks you a simple question about a thing you believe and it frustrates you, Consider that. Consider, Consider that. that. Yeah. <laughs> you're frustrated. It might be. It makes no sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe there's that. Maybe you're getting frustrated and angry at the child because they're pointing out that the underpinnings of your personality are bullshit. If I grow my hair long, will I be strong like Samson? No. No. You won't because Samson wasn't strong because his hair was long. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It had nothing to do with it. Then why do we believe this book? 
Oh, right. <laughs> Don't ask questions. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> yeah, I love the Easter segment. Yeah. It's it's terrifying. And also, too, the thing about it is with it being so short like it is, makes it feel more like a fucked up dream you had when you were a kid. Yes. You know, if you made this a two and a half hour long movie, it wouldn't work. No, no. But keeping it the way that it is and even framing it in that, you know, this happens at nighttime. Maybe it is all this little girl's bad dream. Right. You uh, know? Yeah. This could be just a nightmare. Yeah. And that's fine. And the length of it makes it really feel like mm -hmm. this very well could just be a nightmare. Yeah. It is so terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh I, I God, really dude. like, I really enjoyed this. I don't think it's as, uh, it has as much depth as say St. Patrick's Day does because it's not very funny either. I mean, it's all just like exactly like a child's nightmare. Yeah, totally. But it, because of that and because that a child's nightmare is really the heart of our own nightmares. Our adult nightmares are all just influenced by our childhood nightmares. Like it, it says a lot that you can show this, that this mishmash childhood scary thing. And as an adult go, ah, that's fucking frightening. Yeah, takes you back to your original yeah. nightmares that you had. Yeah. So it's, it's a really effective segment. Um, but again, yeah, it doesn't have as much going on maybe as St. Patrick's Day. So I'm going to say like an eight and a half. Man, dude, I'm higher. You're going to higher. I'm totally higher. Yeah. yeah, this is like, this is fucking, this might be a 10 for me. Just because okay. it feels like a nightmare I, yeah. could, I could have Well, had. yeah, that's what I was thinking the entire time watching it is this is something I would think Ben might have believed as totally, a child. Totally, yeah. or dreamt up or yeah. something, you know? And just some of that imagery of just being like, maybe the... You know, again, it's that it's that child logic. It's that weird child logic or dream logic where you're like, maybe the little chickens come out of his fucking hands. Yeah. You know, and then you see it. And it's horrifying. <laughs> it's scary as shit. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Oh, so fucking great. Right. I I love it. I hope that the the director of this comes out with something that is as mortifying yeah. in a full length. I I would I'd say check out at the devil's door. I I, I okay. think it's interesting. I think it's really good, but. Again, The Pact has better reviews, and maybe other people know better than me. It's it's also good. Right on. Mm. After this, we're led into what I personally consider one of the weaker segments in this, which is Mother's Day. And uh, Yeah, I would say it's weak because of its slowness in Kinda a lot slow. of ways. But uh, yeah, it, it is a little bit weaker. The but premise it's also, is fucked up. The premise is very fucked up, and there there's definitely some like interesting ideas in it, but... It, it goes a little too slow and doesn't it doesn't have I think because it goes a little too slow you kind of get disconnected from the protagonist like I you, think so too. you don't feel as much connected to her even though you should which when something's like 15 minutes and you're like it's kind of slow yeah that's it's pretty fucking slow yeah speed it up some you know but but you know at the same time I will give it the benefit of the doubt of saying maybe it's because we're a couple of dudes that have yes, that's a possibility you know no idea of the fears of pregnancy and childbirth or being barren yeah that's something that can literally never affect you us know, it's a common thing i it's not something i've ever done but i've heard other dudes talk about this it's a pretty common thing for dudes to imagine what it would be like to give birth I've oh, really? never put myself in that situation. I think I've there's never... like a stop button that hits my brain where I'm like, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I, that's exactly what happens yeah. to me where it's just like I, I try imagine. to think about it and I can't imagine it at all. It just sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. So or, I or, see it as a, a full nightmare, but it, it's also hard for me to associate with it. And again, it's like also the, you know, what what I must imagine is, is maybe the per perceived or societal like 
shame of women who can't give birth right. that are infertile. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that pressure is like. I, no. I don't know what the pressure of, oh, you're useless because you can't have a baby. Right. Which is some fucking people's attitude. Yes, it is. Uh, I can't imagine what that is like. That is something no. I've never had to deal with. So maybe yeah. that's just why I don't connect with this. And it's, yeah, it's clearly not say, written for me. A lot of it is definitely outside of my own experience. But I think there is a message here that... Um, and it, it does seem to be very much aimed at women, which is, uh, I mean, a good thing. For sure, we don't have a whole lot of media that is only aimed at women that really deals with tough questions yeah. that women uh, and this is the with. only segment that's directed by a woman yeah too. sarah dina smith yeah. yeah so she's clearly uh writing a tale for her audience yes and that's great i'm glad that that's yeah, happening good. and but of course as we're saying we're not connecting with it because it's not for us but the the thing that i think that is at the heart of it is this idea that um sometimes the thing holding down a woman is other women like mm, sometimes okay, yeah. it's not the patriarchy that is the issue. And that's a real interesting take. Mm. Like it's, it's, and it, it has to come from a female writer director. A man trying to say this is just like, well, you don't even have the yeah, experience. You're totally ill-informed. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case it's saying like, you know, it, it, there are these women who are feeling this societal pressure from a matriarchal line to give birth to be fertile mothers yeah. and so on yeah and then they run into this woman who can't not get pregnant yeah yeah and they and enforce their desires yeah and she sees her. this as of course as like torture she yeah. can't just have sex her boyfriend has to wear two sometimes three condoms she's taking her birth control every High single dose birth yeah. control and she still just gets pregnant every time she has yeah. sex like so that, that her, opening scene where she's had like she 20 abortions even, i think she quit yeah. counting after yeah. that I mean, that's, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. And so like, uh, she is then being thrown into this situation where all these women are like, how can you be like this when we can't even give birth? So there's like all this pressure. Yeah. You can't possibly be having a bad time with that. It's exactly what I want. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she's then getting all this pressure and then like they actually do just completely take over they become the patriarchal order they they drug her and keep her in this situation where yeah. she can't get away and and basically make a man fuck her and yeah and then force her. her to have the baby yeah yeah so there's there's a questioning there of like uh how much how much of uh, the patriarchal society has been internalized and become part of matriarchal society wow yeah and how 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 much of that needs to be really re-examined and like changed and and w how much do uh, women pressure each other into just accepting the patriarchy? And, and it, uh, not much, I hope. I, it seems like it might be an issue. <laughs> seems like it might be a thing. Yeah. though. seems like it might be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Dina Smith is a really good director. She has a movie that I really enjoyed called The Midnight Swim, which is not a horror movie, but it's. It's like so close to a horror movie. Like it's it's not even it's not a thriller. It just calls it a drama mystery. But it's it's like horror light, I would okay, say. Run on. But it's so well directed and also has Alexa Palladino who plays the uh leader of the fertility clinic thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Run on, man. 
but the, yeah, so yeah, the 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 message of this is is interesting, and also that the audience is not us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this one has some of the weaker acting in it. I think some of the other women that are there at the at the commune, if yeah. you want to call it that. I think some of them aren't really great. Our main chick right. that's in here, I think that she's good. I yeah, think she, she really is. conveys the, uh-huh. the grief and distress and just being worn down by yeah. constantly getting fucking pregnant oh all the time. Can you imagine? No, fuck no, man. Yeah, she does a really good job. But yeah, some of the other women I didn't think were, were fantastic. Yeah. What do you think about the ending of this? No, that's where I'm, I'm a little at a loss as to what exactly is going on. Either she's giving birth to Satan... Which is well, they're I like think, witches or something. It seems like you well, know. Well, it's it's going for yeah. Because remember that that one woman is like you are a gateway, right? Yeah, and and basically that there the thing that needs to come through is going to keep making her pregnant over and over and over until it can come through. Yeah, which is what they're forcing to happen. And then we see an adult male arm come out of her <laughs> nether region, which makes me think, okay, so is this like? Satan or the Antichrist or whatever. It made me think of that Saturday Night Live Will Ferrell skit where a woman <laughs> gives gives birth to a full grown Will Ferrell and he's like, "Yeah, oh God, it was hot in there." Yeah, <laughs> he has a mustache. Yeah, kind of made me think about that. Yeah. That would have been a good twist at the that end. That would have been a good twist. I think what? if the guy that did St. Patrick's Day would have directed it, that's, <laughs> that's what would have happened. happened. Would have been Will Ferrell. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> I I I don't know. I think. I, I don't know what the message is overall in the end. Like, it, it would have been cooler if it was something that like definitely would have destroyed yeah. these other women. Right, but I something. don't think that's what it was. I think what it I think what it was is almost that he was being born to be the leader of their group, which is like a depressing idea. But it right. also fits into the concept I was talking about that these this matriarchal line has just become patriarchal. Like they are no different. Well, the than is, the men that they are saying are, yeah. are bad, you know? Well, the thing is, too, is, like, earlier on in the movie when she's talking to her doctor about, like, yeah, every time they have sex, her boyfriend wears, like, two or three condoms. Right. And it shows him, and he's just kind of, like, a normal, yeah, he's just nerdy, like a nice guy. nerdy, skinny dude. I mean, he's willing to wear two or three condoms to have sex with her. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not an issue, it doesn't seem. Yeah. But then... Like, the guy that impregnates her at the end is this damn Jason Momoa, like, yeah, fucking He-Man dude. motherfucker. Yeah. So it's kind of like if just normal guy is getting her very pregnant. Yeah. Well, then this guy must be getting her, like, ultra pregnant. Ultra he's pregnant. Like the man, right. He's like the rock or some uh-huh. shit, you know? Yeah. So know. So then the baby comes out, like, full-grown man. I guess so. Yeah. It's odd. Like, yeah. it looks, again, really good-looking. Yeah, it's well shot. Uh, segment yeah. and stuff. I think the cinematography is great. I like all those shots of the desert and yeah. stuff. And, like, after they do the... It's almost like ayahuasca or something like that. Yeah, that's what they saw. They say they do say ayahuasca, but I don't think that's the drug that. Yeah, they, do. they say yeah. it's like yeah peyote or yeah. ayahuasca or whatever. Um, those scenes are are shot in a way that's pretty convincingly strange and kind of yes. in and out of consciousness and stuff. Um, I just can't connect with it very much just because yeah. of the subject matter. You yeah, know? I, I think uh, like our discussion of it has made it more interesting. It to is me. interesting, but it's it's I. Yeah, I I wish it maybe. As a as a man, I needed my hand held, held and guided through it a little bit more than we actually got. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But uh, you know, I don't know if if it resonates with a, a 
all of the women who are listening right now, let us know. Uh, Kate really liked it. Good. Okay. Yeah, she thought yeah. there was a lot of, you know, obviously female issues. And yeah, stuff I mean, yeah, like the fear of pregnancy is something that just has to be a part of you from the time you hit puberty as a woman. Oh, yeah. And as men, or, or it's... the fear of barrenness, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but the fear of not being good enough in, yeah, in the infertile. eyes of other women because you can't have babies. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, again, very valid things to base a, a horror film yeah. on for sure man for sure uh i wish that it was a little bit more gripping and i wish the acting was better a little bit better yeah, i think nice. for me this one this one for me lies at about a let's say five and a half oh i'll say six and a half give it a six and a half yeah. right on man okay so pretty cool one and that leads us straight into father's day yeah which is one of the strongest absolutely so yeah father's sure. day is fucking awesome now who directed this thing Father's Day is directed by Anthony Scott Burns. Anthony Scott Burns. Uh-huh. He's he's worked in effects and stuff, but he also directed like five episodes of Darknet. I don't know if you've seen this. No, it's seen an that. anthology horror show from Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Right on. No, I recommend it. Is he a Canadian? I don't know if he's Canadian. Okay. Probably, right though. So this instantly started winning points with me because it stars Jocelyn Donahue. Jocelyn Donahue, yeah. exactly. America's sweetheart, mm-hmm. Jocelyn Donahue, who we know from The House of the Devil and Dr. Sleep. And Affleck commercials. Is she in Affleck commercials? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And good for her. She's in a whole like Make campaign. That money. Yeah, Dude, that, she, yeah. She's a family woman. She's a she's a baker. <clears throat> you, you follow her on Instagram? Yes, I do. She's always baking up some neat treats on there. She's awesome. She seems like a really fucking cool person. Yeah, she does. And so this instantly won cool points with me because I was like, oh my God, it's a chick from House of the Devil. Yeah. One of my favorites. But it, then this also delivers with some fucking stuff. Yes, dude. it does. It's it's very dark. Extremely dark. Yeah. Really. Atmospheric. Atmospheric, moody. It's, it's um, I mean, the general concept behind it is super cool. The idea yeah, that she's, she's walking in the same path that her dad walked. Yeah, like cause just she, years later. She gets this package that shows up on her doorstep, uh-huh. and it's a, an audio cassette and tape player. And it's of her dad and her when she was like maybe four or five years yeah. old. And he's telling her as an adult why he had to leave yeah. on this particular last day that they spent together. Right. And then if he wants to see her again, go back to the place that mm-hmm. we left off and then start this tape. Yeah. And... It's just so fucking cool, man, yeah. because as she's listening to this tape, she's hearing herself as a child interact mm-hmm. with her dad, but her dad is interacting with her as an adult. Yes. It's like the timeline is really fucking crazy. Yes, in this. it is. It is all over the place. And, and it's her that's essentially what... trying to find her father. Yeah. And we get the idea that she has had this obsession with her dad since his death. Now, this is something that you pointed out that I didn't really put the connection with, but I think it must have been one of those, like, psychological, like, you kind of notice it, but you don't notice it sort of things. But you're exactly right. Okay, so we know that this is modern times because she has a... iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. The car she drives, though, is a late 70s or early 80s Toyota Celica. Right, which would have been what maybe her childhood parents' car was. Maybe, but it definitely was most likely a dad car because it was car. it was a sports car, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it it was a little more offbeat sports car as well in the late seventies, early eighties to go for a, a Toyota. Yeah, Kate's dad had like a a Fiat of some kind, yeah. you know. Yeah, so 
we know that that car she's driving is either the a car her dad drove or one like it. So yeah. she's got this like obsession in that time period. Yeah. And she seems to believe almost immediately that he's not dead. Like right. she's held out this hope that he just went somewhere. So she's very much primed when she gets the tape and the Walkman to believe what is being said to her. P.S. When she gets the tape and the Walkman, are that are those not the same fucking headphones she's I wearing think in so. House of the Devil? In House of the Devil. Yeah, the I think that was phone. a nod to House of the Devil for sure. Yeah. It had to be, yeah. dude. It absolutely had to be. It, yeah. it struck me right away. I was like, yeah. this looks exactly mm-hmm. like House of the Devil because yes, those, those orange foam headphones. Yep. <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah. But yeah, I hadn't caught that stuff that you were saying about her having her dad's car and stuff like yeah. this and still kind of living in that time period, like uh-huh. hoping that he's still there or trying to cling on to whatever memory she had of him or whatever. Yeah, and I, I have to assume the Walkman is something he purchased and, and packaged before he died, so oh, he's it's, from also it's from that time. From yeah, that time period, mm-hmm. yeah. And along the way through this journey, which is so cool because like most of the movie is just her walking and listening to this fucking yeah. tape. Uh, uh, we should mention that the voice on the tape is Michael Gross of Tremors and Family Ties. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. I was, uh, I, I knew I could uh, recognize the voice, but I could, could just couldn't place it. And then when I read that, I was like, yeah, of course. Which fucking. is cool too, because like, what other 80s dad would you have? No, that's the best 80s dad to yeah. have right there. Yeah. It's either him or Patrick Duffy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, fucking, oh, goddamn, Family Matters. Reginald Vell Johnson. Reginald Vell Johnson. That would have been amazing if her dad better. was Reginald Vell Johnson. Yeah, that yeah. would have been better for sure. <laughs> And it, you just so, hear him in, on the tape. Damn it, Steve! <laughs> Get out of my house! <laughs> but dude, like as she's walking, listening to this tape, there's not even really a lot of soundtrack per se. Yeah, it's, it's just, real quiet. Yeah, mm-hmm. but dude, on the tape, there's all this weird noises and noise, stuff. like yeah. ambient noise, and it gets progressively weirder and weirder. Along and her journey, and when she starts going to these abandoned buildings, she's and in shit. like a ghost town, yeah, like it, it all alone. Yeah, but the, she goes into this huge building that it looks like it used to be maybe a bank or something. Like it's gigantic, but nothing there. There are no cars, no people, nothing. Even out on the beach when she's yeah. out walking there, you know, like when she's out there playing with her dad or whatever. Yeah, n- nothing. No other people. Yeah. So like, here's what I think this is getting at i, I, I want to hear this yeah. this is very open for interpretation it is i think this is about depression okay and right. the um almost genetically inherited suicide oh. because people who are of parents who committed suicide have a higher likelihood of committing suicide in their Ooh. adulthood yeah 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 uh, and that's usually because uh, a lot of uh, mental illness is genetic and passed down mm-hmm I think that this is the the tape was the lead up to the dad committing suicide. Yeah, because he be- has to go and he only has one chance right. or whatever. I believe, yes, I believe he's found someone like a Dr. Kevorkian who will assist him in committing suicide in a, wow. a peaceful manner. He's taken her with him to spend his last moments with her and then he dies. And then she goes through this same process of like, walking through her depression going through the past and then going through this 
and she steps over a line. Yeah, there's a literal line. There's a literal yeah. line that once she crosses, that's when the thing that's sitting in the chair comes to consume her. Oh, dude, when she's like walking up to that chair and it's yeah. just this hunched over figure. Yeah. And she's like starting to cry and the dad's talking to her. I want to be together with you and yeah. stuff. It's so intense. It's very it's intense. so fucking intense. And I dude. think that crossing the line is is the suicide. Like, I think in that moment, she's wow. like, I'll be with my dad. She commits suicide, and that's when she's consumed by the darkness. Basically. Oh, man. Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. I can totally believe that. I mean, I could see uh, other explanations, but that was just kind of what stuck out to me. Was, well, it was like this seemingly like obsession with her dad would lead to her own suicide. Yeah. yeah. Well, because there is all that talk in there about like, we'll see, I want to see you again someday. Yeah. You'll see me again someday. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Yeah. And so. he does say, he does say you only get one chance to meet him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, who's that him? Right. Okay. It, the, it capitalized it yes. on the subtitles. Yep. And, and that's I was like, something that? I, I did not see the first time that I yeah. watched this. And it changed the way that, that I saw this yeah. this time. Where, like you said, on the on the tape, the dad is like, you only get one chance to meet him. And it was mm. capitalized mm-hmm. him. I think that this movie is all about. And again, I'm totally looking at this through my own lens where I grew up for most of my life without a father. Right. I also saw my brother spend most of his entire childhood trying to find a father figure yeah. in the form of neighbors and like friends' dads right. and just basically any adult my, my brother would gravitate towards because he needed a father figure because right. mine was absent gotcha. for most of my childhood and stuff. I see this as very much being like what happens to a child who is trying to find their father later in life and trying to understand why yeah. their father abandoned them and left them. Right, okay. And I even think that the fact that the hymn was capitalized is even all going back to that ultimate attitude of our view of... The father. Yes, our, yeah. our view of our fathers determines our outlook on God. Right. That's something they talk about in Fight Club and all kinds yeah. of other stuff uh-huh. too, you know? And I think that the... The dad in this is in search for his father as well. Right. Which made him his aban- abandon his child, which makes his child search for her father. Right. It's so this continuous cycle, cycle of abandonment mm-hmm. and seeking the father figure. Right. And I think it's ultimately one of those things that can always just end in futility and disappointment. I think that yeah. this movie is saying, like, the search for the father is ultimately a fucking letdown. Yeah. Just be you. Don't try to be your dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't even bother going to look. Right. You know? um, if there is this godfather out there, well, he fucking abandoned us too. Yeah. You know? I think that whenever she gets to the end and you do have that weird supernatural figure. Yeah, in whatever chair, it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe she did. Maybe her dad did happen to find this crossover to this dimension where he can go and visit God, the father. Yeah, maybe he did. And, sh- and when he got there... Yeah, God the Father consumed him or whatever. Uh-huh. A, a, bliver, a blip. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, obliviate? Obliterated. Obliterated. Yeah, I was like, Obliviate? That's Harry Potter. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you know, obliterated. Made him, him forget. Or, yeah. <laughs> and she got there and the same thing happened to her too. Like, I don't really exactly know, but I feel like there's a lot of messages of, yeah, fatherhood and abandonment yeah. and searching for a father figure throughout this entire thing. Yeah, for sure. And even the fact is, like, you're saying, you know, the place that the father leads her to kind of looks like a weird old bank or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think it looks like an old, like, Greek temple with all those oh, columns and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, that would make sense. Yeah. And also... Those temples like, are where the gods lived. What's interesting to me is she walks through that door and then it's like she's in a different 
dimension. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah she went to like the father dimension, yeah. the God dimension after yeah. that, I think. Because okay. it's not even clear that she's still in that same yeah, it's not. bank Parthenon building. Yeah. You know? Huh. Well, all right. Then. It's really fucking fascinating. Yeah, this is a this is a a gem, I think, I and so needs to be seen. So, if if you're only gonna watch one segment of holidays, no, watch Father's Day. Yeah, I think it's a ten. Yeah, I yeah. I completely agree. Jocelyn Donahue kills so it. So good. She's so fucking fantastic in this, and so believable, and the cinematography and everything is oh, just it looks great, yeah, incredible. There's also some other thing going on there too, where it keeps showing those two planets aligning. It does, that yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure and the about. final, the the final alignment is like right before she steps toward the the demon. So like it's, he does seem to have maybe like a witchcraft or satanist uh, element to it, perhaps like may, maybe this is her uh, selling her soul in some way like her dad did to get some great reward or well, the, the planetary alignment stuff put me in the mind of thinking about like the the zodiac and stuff which again goes ah, back to, to yeah. old greek times and greek gods and mm-hmm. stuff like that so it just kind of further enforced that again the building with all the columns looking grecian to me yeah. and it being about gods and fathers and mm. It all kind of came together to me with that. Also, stuff. she was eating that souffle the whole time. Exactly, <laughs> that right? Was crazy. All those gold chains she was wearing. What's going on with that? <laughs> she kept calling me my friend. I don't know why. Yeah, she had that chest merkin on the whole time. She did. With that Grecian chest hair. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it was right there on Front Street to me. Yeah, it's pretty clear. You're right. I, I love this segment. Uh, it's one yeah. of those that just kept me absolutely glued to the screen the first time that I watched it. Mm-hmm. And even watching it here the second time, I was like, yeah. fucking hooked yeah just zoned in on it mm-hmm. and again kind of like how we were saying the ending of the mother's day segment seems to be like uh did you just run out like yeah what is this about uh and it's just kind of random and weird and open and you don't really know if it meant anything right i feel like the ending of this definitely meant something because the rest of the the segment was made with such care that you're right. like this was deliberate somebody mm-hmm. knew what they were doing they wanted to make me sit here and pick this apart yeah so you know? that's what you do and as you do it there's a lot to it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So fucking good. Definitely, I think, the highlight, and it kind of falls a little bit past the halfway point, which is where we get to the really big tonal shift of the movie. Yeah, it all shifts in the last three segments to yeah. more of a dark comedy. More of a dark comedy, for sure. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, we had elements of some dark comedy in the Valentine's yeah. and St. Patty's St. Patrick's segment, Day, yeah. But they were mostly all very very morose yeah and uh very weird and strange and once we hit the halloween segment which is directed by kevin smith yeah i mean just immediately within the first few lines of dialogue you're like one of these things is not like the other yeah it's it's not uh there's nothing strange to this there's no like supernatural or even serial killer element to it it's really just like a revenge tale that Torture porn. is it barely in any way connected to Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like you said, dude, whenever I watched it the first time, being such a huge Kevin Smith fan Yeah, it's like the one I you're am, looking forward to. Yeah, dude. And also, he cherry-picked the best fucking holiday for yep. horror, Halloween. They gave it to him, so you're like, oh, man, this is going to be so you fantastic. Think? And especially considering the quality of, like, man, if these no-name guys that I don't even know about can produce stuff like right. Easter and Father's Day, this is going to be a damn home run. Right, and this definitely fell very flat for me. It fell very flat. Uh, I think it was a little better the second time around because I kind of forgot that there was that 
sort of framing of like the power of a coven of witches three. Yes, and that, that's still just a fucking afterthought, man. It really is. Cause it's basically just saying any three women in a room are a witch coven, and that's and also they don't do anything witch like at all. Any, yeah, like. Like if it if they had then had like some powers or something that would have been interesting, but no, they just glued a vibrator up his ass and connected it to a wall socket and car battery. Our car battery, yeah. yeah. I it mean, doesn't uh, scream Halloween to me. No, it doesn't. Hey, I mean, all. it's a good revenge moment. I'm glad that the guy dies. Yeah. It's and it's uh what's Harley his name? Harley Morgenstern. Yeah. Yeah, from fucking Epic Meal Time. Epic Meal Time. The sauce boss himself. And he I think he does a good job of playing an asshole. For yeah. sure. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And and even like some of the scenes later on, like as he's being tortured and stuff. Yeah, he does good. Yeah, they're pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. And, and man, just him being just in the most unflattering, just fucking right. tidy white. Terrible individual. On a dirty mattress. <laughs> just gross all around. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like sweating it up and he's uh-huh. got that head wound and stuff. It's just yeah. like I, I I respect the fact that this early into his career as an actor, he was willing to do something so degrading and unflattering. Yeah. Well, I think he's just a big Kevin Smith fan, right? It seems that yeah. way. Yeah, and he's Canadian. Canadians yeah. love a Kevin Smith. Yeah. So I think that that's probably part of it. Yeah, and then we got uh, Harley Quinn Smith. Smith's and, daughter. Yeah, who he's obviously trying to create a career for, and I'm fine with that. It's She's improved over time, but in this particular instance, it's I don't think good. she's very good. No, yeah. her in this and, and in Yoga Hosers as well, Really, really, really not good. Yeah. Um. I she and like you said, she has totally gotten better. Um, yeah. Her is. in, uh, Janice Night Bob. Is she really back good? Too. Okay. Yeah. She's much better in yeah. that than she is in this. Well, yeah, and that's gonna happen. I mean, of like, course. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's giving her roles in his movies because it's her daughter, but people are watching the movies because it's Kevin Smith, and they're not expecting someone to not be a very good actor. <laughs> Yeah, in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the tragedy ultimately of being the the, the child of a famous director that wants yeah. to get into being in movies. Because like, if you're just some other child actor, you don't get to work with Steven Spielberg usually. You don't get right. to work with a big name director unless you're really following. good. Yeah, unless yeah. you're fucking amazing. Yeah. So you actually have to learn and get better and develop to be able to ever work with these directors. But if you're the child of one of these directors, then yeah, maybe start off you in just spotlight. You get the role. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like everybody gets to watch your practice runs. Yeah. That's not very cool. I mean, people really hated Sofia Coppola in uh, Godfather 3. Oh, like, that's, that's right. the problem with Godfather 3. <laughs> There's so many fucking problems with Godfather 3. So, you know what I mean? It's like other people get to do their, their practice runs yeah. in unknown or directed mm. TV movies and stuff like that while they're cutting their chops. I what, mean, whereas she, every acting gig she's had has been something he's given her. And yeah. so... She, we've seen her develop from not having any talent to having an okay amount of yeah, talent. I mean, I mean, it would be like if fucking my dad was damn Bob Rock or Mutt Lang or some giant right. record producer, and it's like, okay, cool. Here's your first riff. Okay, let's record it. Let's put mm-hmm. it on an album. I'll engineer yeah, it for you. Because and- I have all of this at my disposal i want you to have everything you could possibly have yeah. i get that but That's now fine. looking back i'd be like man i don't want people to hear the riffs i was writing exactly. when i was fucking 16 yeah. 17 <laughs> you know yeah so yeah she's she's not great in this but also she has no experience yeah. so what and, can you do and i mean none of the the girls are very good in it it doesn't no. seem natural though it also seems like maybe it was the writing because it everything they say just it sounds like a Kevin Smith first draft. Where it it's sounds like, like a napkin. Yeah, yeah. Like a napkin draft, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where it, it seems like this was 
one of those things that maybe got pitched to him and is like, yeah. oh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll write something real quick. Not yeah. knowing the scope of how mm-hmm. big of a deal this could have been. Yeah. I don't know. And we were talking about the scene in particular where uh, Harley Quinn is like giving her speech about women and how Not he's Not putting up with Harley him. shit yeah. and stuff. And Ian, he's called in the movie. The... I It just... Doesn't work. If you watch that interaction, it does not work. Something is wrong with it. Very wrong. It doesn't seem like he is reacting to what she's saying. Correct. Yeah, because it's just all shots of her face saying stuff, yeah. shot of his face reacting. Yeah. You get the impression that they just kind of like, they're like, uh, we've got an hour to film with Harley. Harley, could you give us like 15 different reaction shots? That you yeah. might say if a little girl was trying to put you in your place. Because it doesn't seem like he's reacting to what's going no. on. Those just seem like stock. It also seems like shots. it was shot on an iPhone. <laughs> like, yeah. Just the parts with him reacting look like they were like, oh, fuck, we didn't get any reaction shots. Harley, could, could you, you have your roommate some shoot something on the iPhone? Yeah. 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 And just place him in. Yeah. I got that impression, too. It's weird. It doesn't it feel doesn't right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. So I, I like that uh, the idea of these cam girls who've been mistreated by this guy getting revenge like the concept of it is a cool idea yeah sure it's not really executed in any interesting way and has little to do with halloween has very little to do with halloween the only thing is that he buys some discount halloween candy yeah that's it and they're watching the witch cartoon at right. the front of it yeah which is done by the same guy that did the super groovy cartoon movie did oh, you ever watch that I haven't. oh dude it's so fucking okay. good it's so great but it's that same animation okay. style and stuff that's in there yeah i don't know man <laughs> and the other girls that are in it there's the one girl that doesn't have many lines i think that she's actually the best one of the three ashley green I believe ashley green mm-hmm. and then there's the girl that's in kind of the alice in wonderland little yeah. bo peep kind of costume what the fuck is up with her accent dude where it's is she from place. yeah I, it's I all over know. the map I don't know if she had really nailed it down like she because at points it's sort of British. Sometimes it's like Boston. Sometimes like it's all over the place. So, yeah, I don't don't know what they were going for. Yeah. And then, like you said, kind of the big turn of this is that they they knock him out cold. And suddenly, I guess they all know how to rig up this improvised (laughs) torture device. Yeah. Yeah, hooking a a vibrator up to a car battery, which that that on its own, I'm like, I don't really understand how that would work, because you can't just hook something up to a car battery well, and supercharge it. Like I yeah. can't I can't hook up fucking this guitar pedal to a car right. battery, and now it's super car battery power. Yeah, that's not how that works. I mean, the way a vibrator works is with a there's like variable speed motor. There there's a motor that spins a little metal thing on the inside that yeah. changes the weight as it goes. Yeah. Well it's exactly like a PlayStation controller. Exactly like a PlayStation. <laughs> yes, it's like <laughs> it's, the, it's the same yeah, thing. Same thing. So like the faster it would vibrate, the more violent it could possibly get, but it also would have a, a very low limit because it's just connected to a real small piece of uh metal usually that's what i'm saying it's like you couldn't overload that thing yeah at a certain point it would just break inside of him maybe that's that's what happens but how's that kill it's like electrocuting him yeah which also considering that they're all completely isolated well not all of them but most are like you know a a silicone rubber exterior i think that would insulate risk of electric shock i think so yeah and they've got it like super glued in his asshole and they're running it on like a variac kind of thing too where it's, yes. it's not just hooked up to a car battery they have a 1 through 10 uh uh power control setting on this thing 
Also, how the fuck did they do that? I don't know. Also, they slide him the knife to cut off his own dick, which he does. Why doesn't he just use that to cut the line? That's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, that line is as thick as, like, one of these microphone cables. Yeah, so... Yeah, I know. I know you'd be like, well, you know, they'd stop him from doing it. It's like, it would just take one heavy blow. He's a huge guy. It wouldn't be that hard for him. Even if they started jocking him, he could still be doing it. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. man. It It just seems like it was written in about 10 minutes and filmed in about 10 minutes. And I think it's it's actually because Kevin Smith is the one big name on this in 2016, it's almost like he didn't take it seriously and everybody else did. Yeah. 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 It's the class project that everybody else took really seriously. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, dude. It's like... Anybody that listens to the show knows, like, I fucking love Kevin yeah, Smith. I'm Kevin a Smith's huge great. Kevin Smith. He's mm-hmm. the reason that I do this podcast. It's because yeah. Kevin Smith got me into fucking podcasts and yep. stuff. I love it. But then at the same time, it's like, you do realize just how, like, I don't know, basic and crude some of this dialogue and stuff sounds after yeah. you've just watched some of these great skits. Yes. And then it's like immediately as soon as the Kevin Smith uh, segment starts, it's like, there's like 15 f bombs in yeah. like five minutes, and it's just and like, it's it sounds kind of dumb. Way off tone and way off doesn't tone. really fit. That's the biggest thing. It totally works in Clerks. It totally works in Mallrats. Yeah, and but I not love in it. holidays. Yeah, but not in holidays. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the thing too, man. Where I know that he's capable of doing better because yes, of Red, Red State's awesome. I I don't love it, but it is it has some good ideas and is well uh, directed for sure. Yeah, yeah. And again, he toned down that type of yes, dialogue. He did. The to, dialogue's way better. In Red yeah, State. totally. Yeah. So I know he's capable of better. It just seems like this was maybe one of those things that got pushed to a back burner. Oh shit, we got to start filming in three days. Right. Uh, this this this. And Get that's that how guy from Epic about. Meal Time. Yeah. Quick. It's not very good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big letdown for me, especially considering that it's from. You know, one of my favorite directors, yeah. and it's the best horror holiday in this entire thing. Yeah, it, it, sh- it should have been. And they so much positioned fun. it at a place where it should have been, like, the highlight. Of yeah, the, totally. Yeah. How do you think you rate this one? I'd give it maybe, like, a four. Yeah. Yeah, maybe three and a half, even. I'm like thinking, like, three yeah, for me. It's you know, it's, it's like you said, like, I like the I like the woman empowerment kind of yeah, aspect that's, of this. But, that, again, like, I want that to really hit. And it doesn't hit strong in this. Mostly what we see is them being abused. And then, like, they get their revenge. But it's like the majority of that is watching him. We don't get to see them, like, reveling in it quite as much as just watching him get tortured. Yeah. So it's and less about that, women empowerment and more about just watching a man get tortured. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to put it. And, and two, ultimately, like, there's not all that much excitement in watching text messages appear on a screen. No. Especially when it just no. kind of keeps saying the same thing over and over. Yeah. It's just not really that thrilling It's really to just watch. not that interesting. Yeah. 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 I think, I think yeah, maybe, maybe like a two and a half or three for yeah. me. You know? That's a good... And exactly where it needs to be, I think. I think so. Now, this does transition into Christmas, which, Uh you know, the the slight bit of... Christmas. The the fact that that Halloween had way more dialogue and way more overt humor, I think set up Christmas better because Christmas is also very dialogue heavy and And kind of funny. And it's silly, yeah. It's definitely... And Seth Green plays it kind of silly, and that's perfect. It's a perfect tone... I guess you're right. Yeah, the the Halloween does transition to that tone because a bit abruptly. If you went Father's Day to Christmas, that would have been insane. Yeah, it's like no way. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe having that sort of buffer of Halloween. <laughs> yeah, kind of does help you transition a little bit 
into what we get in mm-hmm. Christmas, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but Christmas, I think, is a pretty good segment. It's yeah, it very is. Black Mirror. It's very it's Black very, Mirror. very, very, very Black uh-huh. Mirror, you know, because yeah. it's about this guy who is trying to get um, the hot holiday toy for his kid. Which is a virtual reality thing that basically... Would, uh, skims through your online profiles and decides what sort of things you'd like to see yeah. in virtual reality. Puts you in like a simulation. Yeah. It's different for everybody. It just yep. aggregates all of your farmed data mm-hmm. and gives you something you want to see. And uh, I, I like how just like, you know, initially there at the first, whenever he's, he's, he's going to the store and he finds that the goggles have sold out, but this other guy has already got them. Uh-huh. Then it turns out that guy has a heart attack on the street and Seth Green just right. robs him. It's like very... Two different guys in this anthology have bad hearts and are way too young to have bad hearts. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Anyway. I guess so. I thought about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, uh, he he steals it from him and he's kind of haunted by that. It's like yeah. very Ebenezer Scrooge-like. Right. Very Christmas Carol in a lot of ways. And then later on, when he puts the goggles on, initially it's like sexy stuff. Uh-huh. And then it's like... He's getting the full view of that guy being like zipped up in a body bag. Yeah. He's treated seen, at the morgue. Yeah, and, he's really like torturing himself in some ways, but it 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 really twists well this cuz like the the thing you would expect from this is that like his guilt would rack him and Yeah, like, or maybe and, this guy's going to haunt him and come right. back as a ghost or something. But instead what happens is that his wife sees what he was seeing and is turned on by it. Way into it. She'd been all like cold and, and like not having sex with him and stuff uh-huh. earlier. And then, yeah, she sees that he let this guy fucking die on yeah. the streets. And she's like all about it. And then she goes to her office Christmas party and kills her boss for not giving her uh, a raise, a raise or something. Or something. And he sees it in the VR thing and she's way into it. Like, he's apprehensive, I'm going to take this. She's like, I'm happy to be killing this person. Yeah. I've put up uh, plastic everywhere to eliminate the blood from getting anywhere. Like, she's, I found out this thing about you that I'm also into. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, the irony of it. And, and these last two, the Christmas and New Year's, kind of have uh, uh, that similar irony of, like, the person you expect is the killer is not the killer. Yeah, yeah. and the, the person who is the killer is insane. Yeah, yeah. way more fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. This one's cool. Like, yeah, it does kind of share some subject matter with the next one, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that it is kind of framed in this Christmas sort of materialistic sort yeah. of way. But yeah, then the fact that it does kind of break off into this uh, sex and murder and stuff yeah. like that definitely deviates from where I thought that it was yeah. going, you know, because uh, it could have just been a Scrooge tale. Oh yeah. could have been, but instead it's just this funny story of two people finding out that one of them's okay with letting someone die and the other one really wants to make someone die. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. I yeah. like it. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. It's pretty short. Yeah. I mean, it's got Seth Green. So you're instantly like, ah, oh, yeah, Green. Seth Green. Yeah. So it, and it's, it's also, it's well, I mean, it's directed by the guy who directed dark skies, which is a, a good horror movie with okay. Carrie Russell. Oh, I've never seen that. Um, he obviously knew to, cause it's like it's very light. Like this, a lot of the scenes are real bright, especially even when she's killing her boss, like the office building behind her is all black, but the lights are like super bright. Yeah. In the yeah. area where they're in. I like those scenes where she like starts stabbing him. The blood's hitting her like uh-huh. 
white, uh, you know, fucking protective suit she's yeah. wearing and stuff. It's very grisly. It is. Because <laughs> it's kind of been a little while since we had any, like, real gore in the movie at this yeah, point, too. Yeah, that's true. So to see some juice on screen was like, mm-hmm. oh, brutal. Blood. Yeah, I was okay with that. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one, too. I, I think it's good. It's, it's real light. There's not a lot to it, but it, it's good. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have an amazing message when you can just tell a real quick fun story. Up story. Yeah. It's like a six and a half for me, I think. Yeah, I'd say six. Six and a half is good. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. And that yeah. leads us to the finale here, which New is Year's. New Year's Eve. I love this one. I think it's awesome. Yeah, man. I think this is the better version of the Christmas tale where, right? yeah, like it's it's a bit of a gift of the Magi type of thing where it's like, <laughs> I got you and me murdering you. No way. I got you. I got you, you the same me. thing. It's You're crazy. already dead. I killed you. That's true. It is kind of like that in a way. Yeah. yeah, it starts off with this really creepy dude with this woman tied to a chair who looks exactly like the sister-in-law in Chris's vacation. Yeah. I could not quit thinking of it and being like, oh my God, that's Uncle Eddie's wife. Yeah. She's got the same like tightly curled brown hair. Uh-huh. Her outfit and stuff looks the same. And looks th- just like her. This one is different than the Christmas one in tone in that it never is light. No. It starts out with a man looking through a photo album of a woman he's holding in his basement, and he's been holding her there for about a year, yeah, it who, looks like. Who knows how long. And then he goes to shoot her, and the gun misfires. And you're like, maybe she's going to get away, and she's struggling against nope. restraints and stuff. Nope. She's just going to get shot in the fucking head. The end. Yeah. Yeah. I was not anticipating that, because yeah. I think the gun even misfires like the second yeah. time. And you're like, she's gonna break free. Right. Boom, blows her fucking blows head, her off. head off. I mean, yeah. just splatters all over the wall. Yeah, Great so, effect. And then, like, he, he's, it's so nonchalant for him. Like, he's now he's just gotta find someone else to go on a date with. Well, and, you get the impression he's done this many a times. A lot, yeah. Many, many times. He's a guy that takes girls <laughs> out that he finds on kind of like a Tinder yeah. dating profile kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking kills him. And so he matches with this we we cut to uh from the the blood from the head cut to uh, Lorenzo Izzo eating cherry ice cream that looks like brains basically oh by the way that was the one really great thing in halloween that i really liked is after harley mortensen i guess cuts his dick open or something uh-huh. like that and you see the blood spray it immediately transitions to one of the girls like splitting open that hot pocket yeah. <laughs> That okay that that, that, that got was me funny, yeah. that got me that yeah. was easily the highlight yeah. sorry i forgot to mention that yeah no there. problem uh, so Lorenza is though she's eating ice cream and she gets the message that she's connected with this guy yeah, on this like dating site match or whatever. And you know, he's got very brown teeth. Yeah. Uh, it kind of scuzzy. And then she says, can't be any worse than the last one. So we're just assuming like she's had a lot of bad Shitty luck dates. in dating. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out. No. <laughs> She's also a serial killer. <laughs> that's why they're ninety four percent matched. Now that I think yeah. about it, too, yeah, that's why they're such a good match. Is because they're both yeah. complete fucking psychopaths. She's great too. She's fantastic. She's awesome. Like the whole time, you don't even notice this. You just pay attention. Watch, watch it again. The whole time, she's either eating or trying to kill him. Yeah, she's like this voracious fucking consuming. monster, just consuming. Like she's just I eating so. the whole yeah. time, and then when she's not eating, it's like, all right, axe time, motherfucker. Yeah, because like, even at the, at the restaurant, he's like drinking his drink or whatever, yeah. and she's just like shoveling food in her mm-hmm. face. And she was eating ice cream. Yeah. She read his thing. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you're right. She is always consuming mm-hmm. and killing. I guess is yeah. her entire objective. So she's not. She's not depressed. She. This is. She's just That's like her life. I she don't give a it, fuck. Yeah. I eat. 
<laughs> like, yeah. She totally has like a more normal. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Audrey Plaza. Oh, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. She does have the some has similarities. That vibe to I would, me. Aubrey Plaza would have been great in this. That's true. And I, I think it would have been a giveaway that she was in that case, though. Yeah, you would have seen it. It would have been pretty obvious immediately. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, she's oh, crazy. Shit. It's Aubrey she's Plaza. Crazy. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza is also she's part Argentinian, I think. I want to say uh, they're both they're Something both like from South America in some way. Uh, Lorenzo is also the ex-wife of Eli Roth. Oh, really? Yeah, she's uh, in um, Green Inferno. Oh, okay. I think she's really good in she's this. Great. She's great. I thought she was awesome. Too. She really is. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, this is this one's real fun. It is it's like a cat and mouse sort of game yeah. where the cat loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is is like, you know, the middle part of this segment is that date that they're on. It's real awkward. Which is awkward as fuck, yeah. man. It's just he's, so fucking awkward. He's He's the exact type of awkward that I've seen dudes be. Ugh. Like, just watching it is so awkward because it's so real. It's You're like, so much oh. hotter than my last girlfriend. Oh, why would like, you say don't that? Don't say that, man. That's but then why would weird. you take it back? Dude. <laughs> don't take it back now that you've put it out there. Let me see your teeth. Like, oh, ugh, God. Just every, ugh. And the thing about it is, though, is you're watching this, and he's so obviously fucking creepy as shit yeah and, and you're, you're thinking like, oh why she is must she be an running idiot or something yeah why is she not running but no the whole time she's thinking like oh perfect i yeah, get to kill this guy easy. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly because well, that's the thing is like at the end of this awkward ass day which by the way just reminds me of how much i don't miss no awkward ass terrible dating or want to Ugh. indulge in that no fuck me uh you know, she offers to take him back to her place to watch the ball drop, and mm -hmm. you're like, "Girl, what are you doing? Yeah, you're this gonna is... get killed." Well, because that's the thing is, like, she said something about like her previous hookups on this site have just been one and done. Uh huh. I just thought guys wanted to hook up or yeah. whatever, and so you're watching this going, "Well, okay, so she's a she's a, a, a sexually active woman right. that just wants to get some. Mm -hmm. All right." And she takes him back to his apartment and like grabs him by the dick and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so she doesn't care about this guy. She just wants to fuck. Uh -huh. And you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> he goes to the bathroom, I, preparing to murder her. Gets his chloroform kit out and yeah. stuff like that. And then discovers that oh, she has dude, eyeballs in her medicine cabinet. And it's because he's creeping so bad and like fucking yeah. rubbing her toothbrush on his oh, tongue Oh, that was stuff. the grossest. Oh, because so his teeth gross. are so disgusting. Like, it's already gross Ugh. to put... Nobody else's toothbrush. Yeah, Stranger. It, with those teeth, what well, did he do? And he's like brushing his tongue with it and stuff too. It's Ugh. really fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah, opens up the medicine cabinet and there's an empty jar with his name on it. Yeah, and all the other jars have eyeballs in them. Yeah. <laughs> so he's and, next. And then she's got like corpse parts hanging yeah, up in the shower. Like a dead body in the shower. Oh, that rotting body. Uh -huh. Is there anything about like a rotting corpse in a shower that isn't disturbing as fuck? Like, no. Sons of the Lambs, yep. anything that features a corpse in a fucking bathtub. Oh, gosh. I'm mortified. I like that album cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mayhem, yeah, dude. Mayhem. That's, yeah, mayhem. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no part of that. No. I don't want no part of that. Yeah, that's really gross. And I, dude, like, as he's, like, shocked, he fucking spills his chloroform. <laughs> his whole entire operation just kind of comes to a halt. Yeah. And then... She motherfucking dude. Last last time you saw her, she was like starting to take her clothes off in the living room. Like right. she's just gonna get ready for sexy time. But no, she was getting ready for killing time. She's putting on her kill clothes. Yeah, she busts in the room with a fucking fire axe and like a full like Dexter <laughs> yeah. hazmat suit kind of thing yes. on, and immediately swings that axe Nailed and destroys it. the sink. Uh huh. Then chops his fucking foot off. Gone. Foot's gone. 
It's so brutal. I mean, you know that uh, at that point, he's eventually going to pull out the gun. We've already got the, the foreshadowing of the gun, and we know it's probably going to misfire. Because yeah. he's already misfired twice. Yeah. But it's just so, like perfect that it does and you're just so happy it's like yes i was happy it misfired before i'm happy it's misfiring now totally yeah well and it's all told through that great sequence where it's doing the new year's eve countdown Uh it's counting down from 10 and he's like crawling (laughs) towards the door with his bleeding foot it's like four he pulls out the gun three she's got the axe two the gun misfires one and then zero Bam, axe to the head. Uh-huh. Great effect. Great too. effect. It seems like that axe is really landing in a mm-hmm. solid substance, like yep. a skull and brain. Like It sticks in that thing yep. like a fucking watermelon. <laughs> it's really well done. And also, too, dude, I love that basically after she enters kill zone mode, the real her comes out, and she doesn't speak English anymore. Yeah, she's speaking Spanish now. What yeah, the fuck? Like, that's so out of nowhere. It lets you know, like, yeah. all the personality we saw was all fake. Yeah, she just puts that on, just like he puts it on. But she's actually good at putting on a personality where he's terrible at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love it. And Enjoy again, it. it's also shot really well, too. Shot it's very, got a very really well. good really look fun. to it. This, was, this one is written by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer, but it was directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. I don't know who that is, but that's I, an intimidating name. It is an intimidating name. I don't think I've seen anything that Adam Egypt Mortimer has done other than this, but I would be very interested yeah, to yeah. see where he would go. Because it, it's, it's, it, it's always playful, but it's also real dark. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Again, it's got a, an element of humor to it, but it's also fucking grisly and yeah. creepy as shit at the mm-hmm. same time. I think this one is really good. It's awesome. Me, th- this is probably like a, I think this is like seven and a half for oh, me. I'd like say I'd give it an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good, man. Uh, and that's the last segment in here. And unlike a lot of horror anthologies, this one lacks a, a framing story. Yeah, there's no no real framing story. What we see at the beginning is uh, a real cool animation of a book that has like a representation of each of the Yeah, there's like an holidays. egg and a pumpkin. And, and then after each segment, a greeting card for the holiday that says who wrote and directed it. Yeah, and, uh, it'll be like, Happy Father's Day. Then it opens up and it tells the name of the I director, think that's so. the perfect way to do this because... Yeah. Uh, any framing narrative trying to tie all this together would be probably like really forced. I think like, that it would too. You know, the holidays are a time. Like, what would you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was a grandmother telling her kids about, oh, yeah. the real meanings of holidays or blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and also, too, considering that, you know, even unlike Creep Show and stuff like that, where, yeah, they, all these segments are by different directors and shit yeah. like that, like, they all feel kind of the same. This is so all over the map tone wise. Right. I don't know what framing narrative you could do that would yeah. make sense tonally uh, yeah. either. Think you know. You could. Well, and also too, when you're talking about cutting to another story in between, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different segments. Yeah. I mean, that would make this into a fucking two hour, fifteen minute long movie. I mean, this this wasn't even intentionally a long episode of the podcast, but because we're talking about eight separate segments, it's it got to. Two and a half hours. Lengthy. Yeah. Got to be a lengthy I can't boy. imagine what would happen if we did ABCs of death. Oh, Lord of mercy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot right yeah. there. So I don't think that this thing needed a framing narrative. Like, I love little framing stories and a lot of mm-hmm. other anthologies, uh, especially like Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. VHS. I, I like the I like yeah, the first cool. VHS where they, like, broke into that guy's house and he's yeah, dead. And there's cool. all those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's those a great one right there. And it also gives context for all these things yeah. that he's watching, you know? 
Um, but I don't think I could have thought of one that would have worked for this. So no. I, I like the greeting card thing mm-hmm. too. I think that that's just a great visual tie-in, thematic tie-in. And yeah. Like you said, a, a great way to show the credits without just rolling credits at the end of every right, one of these. Exactly. That'd get very boring and yes, very repetitive <laughs> to me. I think it's really well done. Like I said, I love that there's some great gore in here. Mostly all practical shit. Yeah. Not a lot of CGI in this. No, not a lot. Uh, when there is gore, I think that it's very good. I think there's some good performances and uh, some really fantastic visuals and soundtrack moments in this, too. Yeah. Some really killer soundtrack stuff, actually. Yeah. I like it a lot. You got any final thoughts about this thing? Um, No, I think this is one of the better... I mean, and we've had a lot of really good uh, horror anthologies in the past decade. I think this is probably one of the best. It's one of the and, better ones, and, yeah. and is probably in my top five, maybe, of horror anthologies overall, if I think about it. I mean, No doubt. Might it be the best straight-up anthology from this side of the millennium? I mean, unless you're, kind of, I mean, unless you're counting Trick or Treat. Trick, trick or Treat, treat is yeah, pretty much an anthology. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one. If and we that has talking the best, that. like, framing sort of narrative, yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Trick or Treat is way up it's there. The it's so good. Yeah. But this one, this one is great. It's really strong. I mean, even the weak parts are quick and watchable. Like, that's not, the great thing about an anthology. Yeah. If a segment sucks, well, it's, it's over It'll in over 10, in 15 minutes. Yeah. So don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. So I, I think for me, this this movie overall, this is uh, I would give this a nine, nine and a half. Like, wow. It's well worth a watch. Very high, yeah. man. I, I'm gonna go a little lower than that. I think I'm probably gonna say like a probably like an eight yeah. for me. Okay. I think that's fair. Which I mean, considering that you know we had some high highs and some kind of low lows kinda in low this. Lows, yeah. You know, I think that I think that if the Halloween segment would have delivered and been like yeah. the penultimate awesome segment like right. if they would have gotten fucking ty west or somebody oh that would have been great yeah you know or uh you know robert eggers or somebody uh-huh. to do the halloween I, segment i'm already interested in this anthology you're pitching we got ty west and robert eggers uh-huh Count <laughs> right. in, you know i think that that would have really propelled this over the top yeah because uh, this just it just needed such a good halloween story it, it really needed did. a good yeah. halloween or story to skip to halloween movie. entirely if you're gonna if like just say okay halloween is too obvious but I think a, you could do a good Halloween story that would be m- no way related to Michael Myers or tricking and treating. It could be like something more like St. Patrick's Day where it's like looking at the pagan roots or like... Totally, man. But to do it and to not even really acknowledge Halloween, that's just the just worst way to do it. Yeah, yeah definitely a disservice. I, I just wonder the whole story about Kevin Smith in that segment. Like, I want to know if, if maybe he was not given the clearest idea of what he was right. working with or if he had already made this as like a fun project right. and, and he was like, like maybe we had make it happen on halloween yeah just throw in some halloween candy yeah, yeah. exactly it might have just been that i don't know yeah um so i think that's the only thing that really holds it back much for me yeah is I would that, agree. like i said mother's day is okay but mm-hmm. you know look at the audience yeah you know yeah really really cool flick i enjoy it. i hope that you guys do as well and i hope that you all have rung in the new year with the greatest podcast in the known multiverse in a very happy way. And if you like it, why don't you go ahead and rate and review on iTunes or wherever else you can review it. Review it wherever you can. Yeah, Internet Tunes Uh is called. Really, really do. Rate and review helps us out a ton. You guys can also help us out a ton by supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a $5 subscriber, Woo! and you can throw a movie title into a drawing each month. We will be having one in a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you are. I'll tell you what, we're really enjoying all of the recommendations. 
we tend to use them and i mean we in december did three patreon and like uh, october we did a, a few we we you, you may not get randomly selected but we might just decide to do the movie you suggested yeah we did that a lot yeah. in like november yeah and december so, both uh head on over there become a five dollars subscriber uh, also, we have t-shirts for sale. Yeah, we do. They are $25 for small through extra large. Yeah, they are. $28 for XXL, triple XL. We will mail them anywhere. I understand shipping is super expensive. Last is, week, especially international. Yeah, international. Last week, I presented this idea, and uh, hopefully... Put it out there again. This will work for some of you. If you'd like, maybe I can send several shirts... To one of you in, say, England or Canada. And then you could figure out with some others how to mail them out to them. And you could all pay for the shipping together. And it'll be, therefore, cheaper. You and a couple of your mates from yeah. the scrum. I know that shipping to Canada is like about 17 to 20 bucks. Aye. Yeah. So for one shirt, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if uh, a few of you get together, I mean, it's not that much. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Maybe so, you go with it. Yeah. So let us know your own diabolical plans to receive yeah. some dead and lovely merch, and we will hook you guys up. Yeah. Now, they can also follow us on Instagram and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Dead Lovely Pod. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter. We're always there. You'll find us. Mm-hmm. YouTube, Dead and Lovely Pod. We're there. I just finally upgraded my, my yeah. interface. This is our last we, podcast on my old school yeah. M Audio 2 input interface that my so, buddy Patrick gave me. You should expect more guests this year yeah that's that has right. been always our problem is that we never had it and when we've had guests we've had the guests had share a mic yeah with, bonking yeah. foreheads yeah. and so on and it's it's definitely sucked yeah next week we'll be discussing frailty from 2001 it's gonna be a fun time well thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this show all the way through 2019 hopefully 2020 will be a banner year for dead and lovely we've got plans to introduce a lot more merchandise and like mm-hmm. steve is saying some guests and all kinds yeah, yeah. of good stuff so this is going to be a very fun year for the show uh so thank you guys so much for tuning in hopefully you guys stick around all year long and suck up these tasty podcast treats Ooh, taste that one mm, that one's good well you guys have been absolutely fantastic we have been uncle ben hollywood steve also known as Dead and Lovely, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Okay, so I was just thinking the other day. Okay. Let's say that you had spent your entire life trying to manufacture a, a food product that could maybe be there that can sit on the shelves for a long time, right. provide sustenance whenever things like protein and meat and things like that are maybe scarce. Mm-hmm. And you devote your life to this. You start a company. Okay. You, know, you market this thing. It's a hit. It catches on. It's pretty popular all over the world. And then some fucking asshole. Right. On the internet is like, oh, man, I keep getting this junk mail, but there's got to be a better thing I could call this. I don't know. What's something that nobody fucking wants? Spam, am I right? Right? <laughs> getting all this junk mail. It's like getting spam. <laughs> fucking hate this shit. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. how do you feel when you're like, I put a lot of my life into this, and now it is the same name as garbage yeah. that nobody wants. Do you do you think when like Hawaiian Islanders, whenever they get spam, they're like, "Oh, good, <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> fantastic"? So, like on the Hawaiian Islands, they don't call it spam; they call it like I don't know. What would Hawaiians find disgusting? <laughs> uh, maple syrup? I don't know. I'm not sure. Know. Yeah, somebody <laughs> chime in and let us know. <laughs>
Yeah, that's interesting. It has to be insulting. It though. does. It, it really it has does. To be like, very insulting. Yeah, you had created this potted meat that fed the soldiers, and now mm-hmm. you're an asshole all of a sudden. Exactly. Boy, either die a hero or live long enough to become, <laughs> become the <a> villain. villain. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Treat is over there going, yes, yes, it's all going according to plan. I named my product something that could never be construed as bad. It's a treat. It's a treat, everyone. 